0: Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the red room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd is got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they lose the bowl of Never have the guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want.
1: Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2022. 2022. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Today, we got my man in the building, Chris Derrick. What up, man? Doing well. Out there riding horror scripts. I know horror movies. Stephen King's cousin and shit. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you say that.
2: You know what? It's interesting you say that because The Shining is one of my favorite movies. And I must have seen the movie, I don't know, nine, ten times before I read the book. Um, And, you know, the book is wild. It's just a lot different. It's, you know, whatever. But... Stephen King's writing His prose. in that oh, really. book Ridiculous. is mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, He's th- my favorite writer. That's you know, yeah. like like that's the thing that <laughs> like last night when I was doing some feedback on the script with some, my writers group. Mm-hmm. That's what they all saying, like, dude, like this is so provocative. This is so like atmospheric in this and blah blah blah. And I was like, Cool. That's what I really was trying to do. They're like, yeah, but your character name? I was like, I know. <laughs> it's early draft. I know. <laughs> I know the dialogue's not there yet. I just need to know. You're did your dialogue. This, pass if the yet. Story, yeah, if the if the if the story mechanics are working, you know, and if you if the right emotional me- things are working, so that's cool. Um, I haven't watched anything since I've been back from the. Uh, um, I'm You know, on my trip to Los Suenos, the Los Suenos resort, which is he went off to a swanky ass yeah, resort swanky a couple weeks ago. Look at him! Look at him looking all Making tan all fancy. and shit. Costa Rica. <laughs> and shit. I
3: love Costa Rica. Did you do any zip lining?
2: I did do zip lining.
3: Nice. He did How the big
1: it? two hour one, that long one. The two hour tour? Two, mm-hmm. two hour zip line thing? Yeah.
3: Nice. How was the food? <sighs>
1: he put on three pounds Look the again. food is insane <laughs> the
2: food is insane it was so good um, yeah I was trying to watch um, what was I trying to watch the other night I was gonna watch oh there's a show called Warrior
1: oh yeah <laughs> um, which
2: i had never seen when it was on, but I, I but I, I watched. I started watching. The I think I watched episode, the pilot, the third episode of that. Yeah, I've I've, I've watched the first two before the holidays, and then I watched. Now I watch the third one. Mm-hmm. I love that show. It's, it's so well dope. done. It's so so well done. Mm-hmm. I'm so. I mean, I know why people didn't watch it because it was on Cinemax, and right. like n- no one would get Cinemax. But but it's mm-hmm. on but it's on HBO Max right now. So mm-hmm. everyone should oh, watch nice. it. Yeah, you should watch it. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing I want to do is. I want to go back and watch Macbeth again. Oh, the new one. Uh, yeah, the Denzel. New honestly, because mm-hmm. honestly, you know, I was thinking about you know, like you know, people. People had
1: the movie now. They sent us the yeah, movie. the
2: movie. Yeah, you know how like how like every like people just skipped out on the Golden Globes this year. They just like played them like some monkeys exactly. And I, but it reminded me. I was like, oh, I just like what well, like. Like what are some of the favorite movies that I saw last year? You know, and because
1: it's usually the precursor to tell you how was, the, Oscars the Oscars, Oscars going to be. Right? Yeah, yeah. On,
2: on some level, you know. Um, and uh, I was like, I want to see Macbeth Beth again. I just remember, you know, the thing about that. This is the thing was, I mean, besides it being shot so like wow, like ways that people just don't. I'm make, telling y'all, just like, watch the trailer. Yeah, it is. Gorgeous. just like it's it's shot you know it's a it's a, it's it's a throwback type of shooting yeah. it feels like a movie from like maybe the 60s mm-hmm. like an art house from Europe mm-hmm. but it's but the cool thing about it is is um but it's it's just some of the angles and shots are just like why do people do this anymore today but i'm 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 listening to it and i know the play I've, i'm so i love that play so much it's like it was that that play was my first exposure to shakespeare and i was like in fifth grade or mm-hmm. something like that but what I, what I always forget when I like, go back to here, when I hear that play, because mm-hmm. I read it every once in a while, is that so many lines from that play mm-hmm. are filtered into our modern-day language. Oh, okay. It's just like, you stop and listen, you go, oh, that's the line we say now. That's the line we say now. That's the line that we say now. That's the, It's just, and it's, it's very... Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that in Shakespeare per se, but I think I, but from what I can recollect, that play probably has the most pulled from it. It's such a weird, interesting play. Um, I don't know if I said this last time when I watched it, but it was like, you know, it's, there was someone who was saying that okay, it's it's so on brand for the Cone Brothers to make a movie about. A guy who commits a crime and and, <laughs> and, and, and can't handle the aftermath, right, right. you know,
1: which is all movies. which is all there are movies about that. But it's no song Brand that he's doing that. To me.
2: it likes not doing like you know.
1: Like, Do you, did you did you notice that it it felt? Now I only saw the trailer. I have the movie. I haven't watched it yet. It seems like to me when I looked at, it, I was like, boy, did they did their style change for this, or is it still their... Style, but they just added some more. Well, effects it's, it's,
2: of, it's it's different because yeah. a it's just it's just Joel because oh, oh that's right because because Ethan doesn't want to make movies anymore oh or supposedly okay um so Joel's the one who's married to to Francis McDormand okay. yeah yeah okay. um and they got different cinematographer they didn't use Roger Deakins who they probably have used mm-hmm. on almost every movie mm-hmm. um, since the 90s because uh, mm-hmm. they worked with this guy Barry Sonnenfeld on their early films mm-hmm. like Blood um, Simple and Raising Arizona and mm-hmm. then and then Barry did um, <coughs> Barry Barry did either what did he he did Get Shorty or he did Men in Black no he did Get Shorty first mm-hmm. it was his first directing thing he jumped oh, from okay. being cinematographer to director and then mm-hmm. he did Men in Black and then he hasn't done a lot in a while I mean, he's probably old but, it doesn't, but anyway um yeah, so they got this guy who's one of my favorite cinematographers, Bruno Debenel, mm. who came to prominence.
1: It sounds like he's dope. <laughs> uh, yeah, he,
2: he came to prominence. The first movie I've ever saw him do was Amelie. Oh,
1: love And Amelie. I was like, oh, oh this guy, this guy's fucking about a sexy yeah, movie. Yeah, that guy's right. fucking
2: amazing. Um, and he's done a, f- a few of that. The guy, Jean Paul Genet, comes after Amelie, a few of those. Um, a couple other films with the with American, he with did a movie called The Cat's Meow that Peter Bogdanovich directed, okay. who just recently died. Yep. Um, and he's an interesting filmmaker because he kind of was like, I mean, he's an interesting cinematographer on the filmmaking team because he was saying something like, I don't choose movies. I could get this wrong, but I remember him saying something like, I don't choose movies because of the story, and I don't choose money for the money. Hmm. I choose movies for what the director wants to say you know and i was like well that's like fascinating because and you go back and look at this look at his movies you're like i see what you're doing you're choosing mm-hmm. this is really like these these guys wanted to say something fantastic right. look at amelie and you're like god
1: damn you know and you and you look he wanted at to be involved in something
2: different something he different be, you wanted yeah. to do something different and then right. and you look at Macbeth. you're like yeah. god damn you know right. so um who's the guys in there who's really good i, I forget his name all the time
1: cory hawkins Oh yeah, yeah. Who was, oh, Who was yeah. in um what was he what was he yeah. in this year earlier? In the oh, heights. Uh, in the heights. heights. Yeah. Yeah. He's dope in that too. He yeah. boy can blow too. Mm-hmm. Shit. Um it's funny, uh we'll get to you in just a quick sec, Keisha. <clears throat> Is um it's a funny thing because people always ask me, Do I miss acting? And and for me, it's only when I see a musical. Like when Cor- Corey's rolling in the Heights, I was like, now that, that would have been that cool to do. Yeah. So every time I watch Hamilton, I'm like, man, if I could play Aaron Burr, dude, I would kill that shit. <laughs> like, that's the only time I'm this actor now. And I
3: know you love the new version of West Side Story. Oh, love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah.
1: Awesome. The awesome. fact, and we, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, the fact that they were able to cast somebody to play Anita on that level, nice. who... Don't get me wrong. My favorite movie of all time. She was right there with, um, why am I forgetting her name? Uh, That's horrible.
2: Rita Moreno. Rita
1: Moreno. She was right there with her performance. And moments of even being a little bit, just a little, just moments. You know, just the way she played. It was just so much more emotional, you know what I mean? Well, see, I,
2: well I, the thing about it is, is that <clears throat> in the original you can tell that Rita Moreno when she's when the when it's time for her to do anything, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm still this motherfucking scene. Oh, you know.
1: They're like, just give me one take. I only need uh, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm still this motherfucking scene. Exactly.
2: And the only thing is the woman who plays that role in the new film, the role was richer. Totally agree. So there's that everybody's kid. role is true, true, true. It. Yeah. But it's I think that's that's the main difference is <laughs> mm-hmm. you look at like what she has to deal with, right. and, like what like, that scene when they like that scene when she goes to, um, she comes to the drugstore and try, mm-hmm. tries to tell them everything like mm-hmm. uh, like that is uh um and she's they're like getting ready to rape her and everything. It's mm-hmm. like that whole scene is really different. Very it's, different. The scene when she's with um when she catches. Uh, She catches like Maria and Tony mm-hmm. in the room. Like, that's mm-hmm. there's more to it. There's more meat for her to hang on totally. to and like chew the scene up. Yeah. So, which is it, which is again, that Tony Kushner's like the, the marvelousness of, of what he did with mm-hmm. that story. He
1: put layers in yeah. the, the movie's still the same mm-hmm. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But the layers, and like you said, where they reshot things and put them in different places, you know, it made it feel. Current and it had more urgency, yeah, in it, if that's, more urgency. that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so it's There you go, West Side Story. <laughs> 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 so let's welcome to the show, my girl Keisha Cola, writer Hello. herself. What's going on, yo?
3: Not too much, just <laughs> trying to keep up with you writers these days. <laughs> I'm writing my first horror, but mostly uh horror comedy.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm actually curious about the with your horror script that you're okay. writing. What what themes do you? Mm. What are the themes of your story, or do you have? Do I have you know,
2: I have a theme. The theme the theme. You know, I had an idea for this. I'm, I started writing it, and I was like, "How do I get the theme to work?" I well, mean, this is something
1: you're going to direct too, right? Uh, hopefully, you're playing this.
2: Um, and um, the theme This is the theme. Like you know, the theme is. Do you deserve love if your parents don't love you? Mm. that's that's, that's the thing
1: that makes sense to you <clears throat> yeah,
3: I mean um, like I, with that for me, I look at it as we give we find love for ourselves and mm. we fall in love with ourselves. I mean, if you think about it, uh, before we were born. We're like having to race other little sperm sites, <laughs> little spermies right. to live.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you have to be the most dominant one. You have to, to be the
3: most dominant yeah. one. So mm-hmm. it always kills me when people say, Well, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to be here. No, you didn't ask to be here. You demanded mm. to be here because you beat out.
1: I don't think I ever thought about that before. That's and very you interesting. You beat that's out interesting. all mm. of those The other ones, the yeah, millions, the millions. The millions.
3: And you said, "I'm. this is my time.
2: <laughs> Move over, Bacon. Move
3: over, Bacon. <laughs> and this is my time. So,
2: <clears throat>
3: as far as loving yourself,
2: um, No, there's not that. No, no, no. Oh. Do you deserve love if oh. your parents didn't love you?
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah.
3: Absolutely. But
2: see, okay, but see, okay, that's the thing. See, the thing about themes in movies is different than themes in TV shows I think is that you have like a there's like a main theme mm-hmm. and the theme is not like greed mm-hmm. you know like like that's you know something thematic but not the theme right. Like the theme is usually like it took me a long time to figure this out and it wasn't until I was, I was reading something that Francis Coppola said Maybe it was something he said when I was watching uh, His Hearts of Darkness about Apocalypse Now. But he was saying that like the theme, he was like a movie is a question.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And you got to answer it by, t- by the time you get to the end of the story. Right. And that, the question you answer is the theme. You know, so you have to take your, what you think is the theme. Whether it's greed or whether it's like friendship or whether it's, you know, or, you know, or if it's like, you know, like take for instance, love conquers all right mm-hmm. but the question is <coughs> but you got to put it you got to put it in the face of a form of a question does love conquer all right cuz that's the theme of romeo and juliet right. does lo- it's does not just love conquer all, but does it because you it's st- a tragedy yeah it's a tragedy <laughs> yeah. you know because so because you're thinking oh wow well it does to a degree because it makes everyone think, oh, the mistakes that the capitalists and the Montagues are having mm-hmm. is secondary to this thing. But if you don't phrase your theme in the form of a question, you won't be able to write the movie right. Yeah, and
1: it's, and it's gotta be layered in, like a lot of people, um, newer newer writers, emerging writers, think it's simple as, you know, will they survive? That's not, that's, really, no, that's that's not, not no, saying no, anything. No, 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 no. Because it's like this, right? Because here's the thing, right? The thing
2: is... So if you take if you take if you take your theme question like so for mine, you know, do you deserve love if your parents don't love you? okay? So what you do when you start your movie in terms of like your characters in, is in the ordinary world, not like it's ordinary, like it's mundane, but it's like that's their state they're living in. Mm-hmm. She believes the answer is no, Of course, I don't deserve love if my <coughs> parents didn't love me mm-hmm. through the course of the movie. She's gonna get on the opposite side of that question and be like, "Yes, I do deserve love, you know, because my parents did love me, right. you know. I just they were showing they were they were loving me in a different way, but that's the but 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 so you take so to 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 really arc your character, you take them from from the like from one side of the theme to the other, mm-hmm. you know, like from the from the positive side to the negative side, from the negative side to the positive side through the course of the movie.
1: Of course, but that's why they say you know that your 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 hero should be. Like they have the need and the want, you know. Like they they want to, you know, become the 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 CEO of the company. What they need is the the secretary to marry them and for them to move to, right. you know, some little countries and just <laughs> right. you know work on the farm. Right. You know what I mean? It's like that whole thing, but they don't know that they
2: don't know that. See, right. like for instance, in the horror movie, it's like what they want is to survive, <laughs> but they need. But in my what thing is, they she, need? but she needs her dad to say I love you is right. what she needs, you know so that's I mean, so so I mean and that that moment when the dad says I've always loved you you know mm-hmm. in the end of my movie like right. it, like in the climax right when they're battling the, 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 the demon that's when she that's the full circle for her that's when she can defeat the demon mm-hmm. because it's like okay so what she's been denying what he's been denying what they haven't been able to say is now being said out front and they both embrace it and mm-hmm. that is like you know because it's the without going too much into it it's like that's the the heart of what's kind of like C- what's caused the curse you know mm-hmm. the, the Chernobyl realm
3: what has the dad ever sacrificed himself in any way and when I say sacrificed do you mean himself, for her not for her mm-hmm. just like through life through his own lens of life like did he go through his own stuff pain yes
2: yeah. yes to to a degree yeah because yeah, cause, okay because what would you find out is you find out that the dad when he was like a kid mm-hmm. his mom almost got raped by this he's from honduras mm-hmm. and you know his mom almost got raped by um you know, and they're not from the city they're from out out, out in the, the the outback the country by a, by this man who used to live in the village joined the army came back thinking he's some peacock because like, i'm gonna take you
0: mm-hmm.
2: doesn't happen the grandfather castrates that dude <clears throat> Right, try to rape my daughter, Mm -hmm. boom. As you do. right? You know, (laughs) his mother is like a witch doctor. Mm. Put the curse on them. Uh Oh, okay. So, and the whole family gets killed, but the boy who Mm -hmm. escapes and he escapes to America, and but the The curse curse is following him. mm. You know, And 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 he and he realizes through the through the years that if I express love to anyone, that's when
1: the curse can you know so basically if he falls in love with somebody they die or he no, can die no or no what no is the, it?
2: The, the curse can you know can can will will, will attack whoever he's like, sh- oh, like, sh- wow. like showing show, mm-hmm. like, like showing that to right, right. so he's gotta not really show love to his daughter even though he kind of wants to he's oh, kind of nice. even
1: his own daughter is, yeah, okay. yeah. so it's not about who you love like wife or girlfriend it's right. about it's, it's about anybody yes, it's you through. love yeah.
2: and his, the reason why his wife isn't affected is his wife is she's Jewish she's kind of into the Kabbalah stuff mm-hmm. so she's kind Kind of protected from that mm-hmm. so, so it's terrific. kind of like this, this i'm kind of like mixing Go i'm kind ahead. of like blending different types of like spiritualities different type of like like uh uh mysticism to kind of like create this thing okay. um, so the rules of the world have to be really set yeah, in that yeah yeah i mean well i is like you know what the scene when the father explains what it is mm-hmm that's the scene that took me a long time i was like if i can't get this scene to work then i can't get the movie to work okay. and then i was like i just kept uh, working on our way scenes trying to get it going i wanted to say you know what i'm just gonna write that scene i'm gonna write that confrontation between when the daughter's like what the fuck is going on why blah blah blah, blah, blah. and which is a good exercise to do too yeah so i sat <laughs> down and i must have wrote i wrote white like, just wrote as much as i want mm-hmm. it's like six pages i was like okay I mean just whittle it down, little down, whittle it down. When I got to like three and a half pages, I was like, Oh there's the the, the origin story of the movie. Mm-hmm. And if that and it worked there on the page, I was like, Okay, well, so now I know what I just gotta get here and it'll work and it hopefully and it'll explain other stuff, you know.
3: It almost sounds very biblical because like if you think of okay. if you think of a sacrifice that jesus i mean not to get all really disordered. Right. like jesus made he <clears throat> he was basically tortured and he took all well, that pain well, well just sure
2: i mean who, who's what? the guy there's there's an old testament story that's more about like the uh the, i don't know the old testament as well um you know, like the Jacob or, he, or he's supposed to, whatever, he's supposed to kill his son and he's yeah. about to cut his knife and God says, okay, you chill, I just want to see what you're going to do, kind yeah, yeah. of, you know. He I, was I, testing him. Testing him, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that. I mean, you know, and the thing is, look, uh, uh, my only thing is, is that I didn't want to write a horror film that was based in the, in had the Judeo-Christian the kind of thing to it. And I didn't want to have the typical horror kind of things we get like you know the the, the zombie the werewolf the vampire mm-hmm. the antichrist i don't do any of that because mm-hmm. i was like because i was like mm-hmm. you know what people have done that shit and done it really how fucking well it? i yeah. gotta be i mean like like i gotta leap so high mm-hmm. i'm trying to make this is like a million dollar movie like how do i do that right. and you gotta like and it's usually when people, do, when people do those things they're tread worn like that they really gotta dive deep which might mean you gotta be able to spend some money you know i was like wow but you know be cool like i haven't seen a, a horror that's like an aztec horror or like something like that mm-hmm. so that's yeah. kind of where i kind of like based it on because the creature that comes the demon that comes after them there's a there's an aztec creature that kind of does exactly what i wanted to do i was like oh look at that mm-hmm. that's what that's what i'm gonna do so because i it's it's the only way i can really make it for me exciting because yeah. i'm like oh yeah. Because you can't guess what it's going to be. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I do the vampires, you know, you got the the blood and the steak and the mm-hmm. sunlight, blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, so so then what's my new push on it? You know, I think the only cool.
1: Let the right one in, though. Sweet it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, <clears throat> the last really cool vampire story that I read was this guy named Lavi uh, Tadir. He's, he's a vampire. He's, um, <laughs> That's he's a, a vampire. Name, he's right? a, he's a, he, he's a I don't Br- trust, him. I don't he's, trust he's, him. He's a British writer, <laughs> but he's, I think, like, Palestinian origin or something like that. Yeah. And he wrote this book called, like, this short story is called um, Strigoi or something like that. It won some award. But it's like a vampire in space. Hmm. Huh. Really cool. really. It's really fucking cool. It's really fucking cool because it was like wait, wait a minute. Like you got all this vampire shit and you're on a space station. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting because that's different. It's different as fuck. It's different as fuck. That. You know that's they. Amazing. Yeah. So because it's like right. the rules are. There's hardly any sunlight in space. Really, mm-hmm. it's really point coming at one line. So he and then he's in space and you're in space and all the the anti-gravity
1: i don't know it was a really really well, good show story. It's, it's interesting though you know you were talking about you <clears throat> keisha you're talking about you're writing a um uh, a horror comedy <clears throat> so here's you can make them work you just have to be clever right now this is my only personal issue so this somebody else may be like oh i love horror comedies. here's here's why i have a problem with them right so I was using Shaun of the Dead offline off about as my favorite horror comedy. Probably that and like Zombieland. But even that I have problems with. Because as soon as you get to, once you meet, um, what's his name? Bill Murray? No, the other one. the, um, the um, Woody. As soon Woody. as you meet Woody Harrelson, the movie changes. Yeah. If you read the script, you can the see it tone. too. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Everybody was scared to death that something could happen. As soon as he came in, superhero. Everybody's a superhero. And I was like, as soon as you change the tone of it, it goes downhill for me and so that's what happened whereas Shaun of the dead just using that as an example there was the tone was set it was like a slow burn right yeah. we're in this world you know there's light things happening and on the side oh a zombie's eating somebody and on the side this thing's happening but if you watch it all comes to a crescendo when they all get stuck inside of the bar and it turns into a real zombie movie where there's still a joke here and there, but it's life and death. And that's why it worked for me is it still took me to a moment of, Oh shit. Somebody could die. When you're in a movie where everybody has a gun and they're all a superhero, there's a problem to me. You know what I mean? Especially in a horror setting. So you have to figure out how can I make moments where it is funny and moments where they could die. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well,
2: yeah, the thing is, is that, you know, like a sci-fi comedy or horror comedy, the moments of peril, yes. the moments of jeopardy <clears throat> have to feel like it, have, it has to lean real into that other genre so if it, it's has to be heavy sci-fi if it's sci-fi mm-hmm. or heavy horror because you know what's the one that everyone loves the uh, uh, galaxy quest right. right it's galaxy Quest. i haven't seen it in forever i saw the one time i like that movie not my favorite movie because i don't necessarily like those kind of like comedy mashups but that one is good mm-hmm. but at the end of it like you know the way they solve the crisis is it's like it's just it's sci-fi right. it's funny up until that moment mm-hmm. there's like, Oh shit, they all could fucking die. Whatever the fuck I can't remember what it is, But it's like and, and then the then the last the little denouement is still funny. Mm-hmm. Like like in Shauna the Dead when dude is like his boy is he's got him in the in the back with the mm-hmm. chain on and they're playing video games. It's like, really? Oh yeah, he so he stay he goes back to his tone of, mm-hmm. of of what it is, you know. And then again that was his boy who did get killed ostensibly mm-hmm. in the bar fight scene, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah. What else you got for us, Keisha? What's, what's working in your brain? So I know you got some shit coming up. You know, you want to talk about taking meetings?
3: Oh, I would love to take meetings. What, like, where do you start? Where do you, like, you always have, I always told you, be, you have to be yourself.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Tell a story. And, um, you know, like develop a rapport with.
2: Okay, that's a good start. Okay. This is what I would say. You don't tell a story; you tell a story about you. That
1: I was about to say. is <clears throat>
2: about that 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 you can kind of dovetail into. This is why, like, this story informs your writing voice. Okay. The thing that someone read, I saw this online somewhere, but I think it's a great piece of advice. The showrunner was like, write down ten stories. That you think are really funny and personal about your life, that, that 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 only you could tell, and be prepared to tell those stories in the meeting, like you know, like you know, and he, and he was being facetious, but he was like, you know, he was like, turn out to my questions, just just start another story with the next question, nice, you know. But you this the 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 short like, short story, short story Shorts, by the way. yes, <laughs> let's get <laughs> clear long concise. Long. <laughs> I mean, the story <clears throat> that I tell takes about five three to five minutes to tell but i work it in a way where it's like oh so this is is that so so it tells you about me Mm -hmm. this is my background it tells you about what i like to write and then it tells you how i took those two things to create the story that you've probably read That's on on your desk is about why you're taking the meeting yep okay you know Bring it, bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. So you just you find a way to like go. Oh, so this is why. Because what happened is, for people come in and go. So t- so tell me about yourself. Okay.
1: It's usually just that's, like that. Just like that. You know. So like,
2: hey, Kisa. So tell me about yourself. Not I can ask you about your movie. I ask you about your script. Like, tell me about yourself. And that is so disarming, and it's so vague, because
1: you, for years I would start telling about myself. <laughs> I always start off by saying, man, I have a crazy life or whatever the situation. I have an interesting, I have a fascinating, life. I have a very, you know what I mean? I'm right. a unique person. I usually tell them from the get go. You're what you're about to hear is not going to be something you're going to hear from all the other brothers People. who are going to walk on yeah. this door. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Let them know. And you could say, you know, my life is crazy. There's a reason why I write comedy. It's because when I grew up, you know, I grew up with my mom, and then blah 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 blah. And it turned out I was living with my grandma. My grandmother was like blah blah blah. Paint her, paint her. You know, so you can imagine her living. And she was Miss Church and blah blah blah. I don't know how it is, but I turned out I got a potty mouth like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Talk to them. Yeah, because right.
2: the, the thing is, is that that's just based off of what we were talking it, about what, earlier. Because basically. The trick is this, you're telling, every moment you meet someone in the industry, and you say you're a writer, you better be telling me a story. Every instance is telling a story, and in terms of like how engaging are you, what Mm. language do you use to tell a story? You know what is your writing voice coming out when you're like when you're talking to someone because that's how they're going to be like, "Ooh, this I want to read some bit of yours." Okay. Cuz you sound like and you use like well, you know, like like whatever it is you find the you find the magic mm. that is like this is my spell. And they're like, "Fuck, I want to like see more of this magic act." Yeah. Hypnotize you know. Me. <laughs> it's not that. It's like, show me well, more yeah. of the magic act, you know. Like, it, I mean, it is. It, it may though. not it, even it, be
1: their, their wheelhouse that they want to hear, yeah. but because of the yeah. way you, you told you them, it. makes yes. them go, "Oh, Ooh, I, I would, know, w- I want to read, read that." Oh, <laughs> you okay. know what I mean?
2: Because the thing is, is that who was on here the other day? Your girl, um, fuck, she was on. Um, Warrior Nun, and, uh, uh, oh. uh, you know, she does the Black Book. Um,
1: oh, Sheila. Sheila. Wilson.
2: So so Sheila and I, both were, our first jobs were on genre shows. So, okay. you know, Me she, too. She, yeah, yeah, his too. Um, but, well, there's a difference though. I yeah, think definitely. There's is, yeah. is, is that we didn't use genre samples to get on those shows. Okay. You know, we, like the guy that I met, when I met him, I was able to tell a story in a way that he was like him and his partner were like, I'm gonna read something in years now, mm-hmm. and I I mean and these are <laughs> big people right. who've made a billion dollars with their movies. It's nice. so like I'm gonna read something with you, and then I was like, well, what, what do you mean? Because I didn't have that kind of reaction because I was working on t- trying to revise. how I was telling it, and when he was like I, he was like I'm gonna see, I was like he was like call my people today. As soon as we got to Zoom, get my I- information and then send me the script today. I was like, today. You gotta be ready. Today. And (laughs) I was like, well the script, I I was like, I know the script's ready, so I'm gonna do that. And Mm -hmm. then six weeks later, here's the job Mm -hmm. offer. So um, that's
1: that's maybe eight weeks later, but whatever. So let's talk about a couple elements you know so so he's right so you get the call it's usually like short talk hey how was your day today you know blah 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 you know what part of the city do you live in like depending on who it is it could be short talk or if they like we only have 15 minutes to talk they're gonna get right in hey glad to meet you you made it to the first round here we go tell us a little bit about they're just gonna jump right tell and you just go oh I'm so glad to be here, blah, 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 blah. And just go in and tell them your story. Like I said, a nice little two minute, concise, three minute, whatever it is, here's who I am, right? Where I'm from. You know the things that interest me a little bit about my background and why I write the type of things I write. Okay. So don't just say I'm, I'm I like just for example don't say I'm a comedy writer like I'm a comedy writer who writes strong females who do blah 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 you know whatever the thing is surrounded around you know humor because damn it we need to laugh whatever the thing you know what I mean whatever just 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 make sure that they are clear on the type of writer you are. And and like like Chris was saying, based on where you're from, should that catapult? But it should it should push it, it that should inform, forward? Inform, inform. Yeah, yeah. it should inform. Who you are today? Like when I when I have meetings, I talk about, and I you know I've talked about this many times in the show. You know, growing up in the hood, and you know, being the young, weird little punk rock dude, and everybody called me the black Peter Herman in my neighborhood. You know, like all that stuff. But I said all that made me be the outsider. Yeah. It all made me be the underdog. So to this day, I write underdog stories in the murder, death, kill world. You know what I mean? And I use it in that way. So I say to this day, it doesn't matter if it's horror, if it's if it's drama, if it's a historical. It all is about an underdog. Okay. You know what I mean? Whatever your thing is, but you can tie it back, like Chris said, right to you. Like why comedy? Yeah, you have to. You have to
2: do that <clears> because two things about well, two. Uh, I'm gonna say two things, but I'll get back. One thing about that because you can't. I mean, it's that, look, it's different in a movie because the people are never around you. They're only around you maybe for like the notes calls right. and the initial meeting and then the notes calls, and then so it's maybe an so so maybe. If you get a movie job, you might you might interact with those people, like maybe a total of eight hours for the whole time in the script, you know, uh, with them. Because this is say, you know, a couple hours each time, like mm-hmm. not even a, not, like it's maybe ninety minutes. You get the job, then it's reading, probably a lot more I, phone calls. and phone stuff calls. Even, but, but the interactions are, are right. shorter. It's gonna be yeah. shorter. It's gonna be it's gonna be like eight hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, maybe like twenty hours, maybe maximum, right? So potentially you could hide a lot about yourself when you're doing on a movie, and you're just gonna like present a certain thing that did you know they wanted that they're interested in. On a TV thing, you can't hide no shit, cause you're there eight hours that first day, you know. So it's so so if you try to go in there with a the facade or not being you or whatever it is, that's gonna get stripped off so fast, but, or, it's yeah, gonna, or, or it's gonna get exhausting. To, trying to hide well i mean like there was a story that was going around twitter um last summer mm-hmm. where somebody was, it was some, there was some there's some military show oh I remember, yeah there's some military show on there and they and and then they brought on another there was a veteran on the show and they brought on another veteran and the second veteran was listening to the first veteran, oh, and was like, "You don't know Pashtun. You weren't in Afghanistan. Just, just all this. so this woman had, but pres- they gotten past everybody, and made it to the show. So to the yeah. show, yeah. But the thing, but the thing is, she, but I, but is she lies? She did a yeah, fraud thing, everything, everything like that. It, the she did, all, she all kind of. Thing. Got <laughs> but, the, but the the thing that about that to me that's not the most shocking thing because people lie to get jobs all the time oh. what's shocking to me is the level of energy she has to put forth every day to keep Correct. those lies alive mm-hmm. yes like that's a lot of energy with, lot because there's you know there's that great book from william goldman called um which lie did i tell <laughs> and it's like you have to right. actually be thinking you gotta like be worried about that right. if you're that person all the time or if you try to present something fake it's like Oh, you know, I I, so because then it's like, because if you if you if you just if you just yourself you don't tell any stories or exaggerate and you just boom, this is me then you could come into the room and just be relaxed and not worry about anything because some
3: people have made it an art form. Uh, What's the movie with uh, Tom Hanks? He was chasing down. Catch Me If You Can. Oh, right,
1: right. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo? Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Well, Well, that's but that's why they made that movie, because it was like that kid, it was like, that's a real life story, but it's right. like that, but the energy, he and he gets caught,
1: because you can't maintain it for so long. Right. Um, so, 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 I was going to say something. I'm sorry, I apologize. No, no, no I said I was going to say this. So, I always tell people this. You were talking about film and TV. They are a little bit different in your interview sometimes. But here's the thing that I've learned, specifically in TV, This is something I tell writers all the time. If you plan to write television and you are not comfortable with yourself, like Chris said, to be able to go into a room, go into a meeting, and not hide anything. Like, for example, you might be on a show where... I have been in meetings, and the and the showrunner was like, "Yeah, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm just coming up on my, you know, 14th anniversary of sobriety." Literally, a freaking showrunner said that to me. Yeah, she just this comes relief, up, she right. Just. So you need to be able to say if you're in that wheelhouse. Oh, that's that's really cool, dude. I just came up on my seventh year. Whatever your thing is, right? right? That's what I'm trying to say. But let me finish. Up. Be at a place where you're comfortable. And so here's what I learned how to do, Chris. I say this, just as an example, you know, I throw it away, you know, born in Detroit, raised in the hood outside of San Francisco, youngest of five, military brat, I'm throwing him, you know, black gay <laughs> dude from the hood, I throw him away, right, I just throw him away so that you can log in in your head, I said those things, right. so that when I start to go through my story, and now I take a moment to give you all those things, right, now what I've done is got it inside of your head and threw it right away, so I'm not you know i can talk about anything right because i've given you my truth right and i'm not hiding oh i don't want to tell him i'm from the hood oh i don't want to tell him i you know went to prison whatever your thing is no motherfucker, tell him Yeah, see because like
2: it was one time in the the show was on the the room we something we're talking about something and i was like something happened and, and, and and i was like who has done cocaine? You know, I, mean, I just said it kind of like off the rip, and everyone was looking at me and started laughing. I was like, "What are you guys talking about? We are living in L.A. You, someone's done it in this room besides me." And um, um, and, and, the, and then my the friend was like, number two was like, "I've done cocaine, but I don't do weed, and here's why." And uh, because he was like, "When I do it, I, I he kind of keeps telling the story about how he lost perception and didn't real." And he did, he's like, "One time I did my because his wife does a lot."
1: Somebody relays them and, shit. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and you know, because his
2: wife does his wife does it all the time, and he's like, so I like did it. I she I did it one time. And she was gone, and I was so wasted, and I was lying on the bed, and then I and I was like, did I lock the door? And I went down to lock the door, and I knew I was fucked because I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't differentiate. Was it me thinking that I was going to lock the door, <laughs> or was it actually going to lock the door? That's you
1: hilarious. know, but he was well. I, yeah. But
2: <laughs> what happened was, mm. I said that just we were joking around, and then later on in one of the episodes, there's a scene when a woman who is she is sober, she's mm. to but, but, but she's gonna go and do some drugs. And but she takes them and then she just like throws them away because it was like a fake the, the drug the drug system was fake because she's doing it undercover and I said to them I said no 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 no. she just can't throw it away because if you've done drugs or whatever it is mm-hmm. if it's in your hand you're gonna look at it and like, contemplate, you, know, I? And yeah. like you gotta contemplate just <clears throat> gotta be a beat before she throws it away because it's just if it's like if, if it's yeah. living in her head again right you know? yes and they were like oh yeah it's a good point so good point so good point so because it's like it's not that I was saying that to qualify myself earlier because I didn't know that I was going to be in the episode mm-hmm. later on. But when it came up, I was like, "Oh, guys, I remember, just got to do this part." And and then later on, when the actress said it, she was like, "Yes, yes, I get to do cool shit." And mm-hmm. I was like, we were like, yeah, yeah." Yeah. And it's just
1: a moment. It's just, it's just moment. a moment. Just a moment. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But
2: but when yeah. I went on set when they died, when they shot that shit, oh, yeah. and uh, and then she and we got like four different angles of her doing that. She just was. She was just like swimming in it. Just mm. a little small moment of like, no dialogue, just my body and my face and nice. my eyes. And I was like, yeah, just like that one line gave her so much to do. But she was so fucking excited, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what you want. <clears throat> I mean, what you really, really want when you're writing is you want the talent to be excited.
1: I was just thinking about something else. Like, I know we're talking about Keisha, forgive me. But what yeah. I was thinking about was... um like you were telling me earlier before Chris got here, you know, like I'm a little late to the game or whatever. That's okay to say. Okay. Do, don't downplay the fact that um, you might be a little older than some of the other writers. Right. Whatever the thing is, right? Lay into that. Say I started this and this, but all my experience in life, see, you take it back. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm kinda glad I started a little late because Me now too. I know but see what I mean and then use the rules it. For us. use it for your advantage. Yeah. Not don't be worried about, well, by this time I should have a long resume. No. But like I'm kinda glad because then I, I got to experience working in this thing in this field and whatever. So I feel like I have a lot to offer the, the room. I have a lot to you know what I mean? Yes. Come at it from that place as opposed to, well, I know I'm kinda new, I'll only be doing this for two or three years or whatever. Don't don't do that. Mm -hmm. Say I only been doing it for two two years, but guess what? Shit, I'm ready to go. You know, what I mean, come at it from that place. You know what I mean? Be ambitious and be like, you know, because I started so late and I used to write when I was a kid, whatever your thing is, you know what I mean? Tell them, you know, I've always been doing this. I just wasn't doing this. Right. You know what I mean? I always knew I wanted to be a writer, but you know what? Sometimes you grow up and you got to live your life and you have your kids, whatever your thing is, you know what I mean? And, and it's like for me, I just started a little late, but I always loved TV. I always loved film. I always loved comedy. You know what I mean? I knew it was going to happen, and I just said, fuck it. You know, three years ago, five years ago, whatever it was, and I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it, and here I am. And guess what? You know, this is, this is one of the first things yeah. I got to this point. You know, I've written. And
3: every, everything <laughs> I've written has placed everything that's what's surprising and it it, it's validation but it it just makes you feel good knowing like oh you you are on the right path yeah and it's almost like before like some of the jobs that i've had i've probably been fired from every job not that (laughs) i'm because i'm creative i have an active imagination Mm -hmm. i belong on a playground that you know, allows me to be that creative beast that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can't be in corporate and <laughs> <laughs> a creative beast. You're going to always wind up in a principal's office. Right, right. So once I was on that path, it's almost like the doors just kept opening. And I would look at the world like, oh, I keep running. I'm running into this wall. I keep running into this wall. And it wasn't a wall. It was basically... Like a whiteboard waiting for me to paint it, Mm. and my world wasn't meant to. to,
1: That's a good story to tell. Yeah, my
3: world—it wasn't meant to break through this wall. We we elevate Mm -hmm. like anything we, you know, coming up the stairs, you're elevating yourself. Mm -hmm. If you have to go to the penthouse, you're elevating, and that's what we want as writers. We want to elevate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at a wall. I was like, it's time for you to get on the elevator and elevate yourself. Mm. So
1: I like that. That's cute. Remember that stuff. I like that's that. Good. I
2: mean I mean <clears throat> it's weird, you know, it's a weird thing where it's a weird thing where people think that you have to be like young to break into writing. Mm-hmm. Or
1: Cause they have all these you know yeah, under thirty don't, under don't forty on like well yeah,
2: experience. <laughs> yeah they, I mean In I mean, mind. I mean they do all that stuff about like who's like thirty for th- the thirty under thirty the forty That's under forty, whatever it is, and it's like the thing is is that that is stuff that sells magazines or sells or gets clicks because yes. right. it sets up a thing about comparisons, you know, and um. And comparisons are like, they, and if you compare yourself to anybody, you're doing yourself a disservice because you don't really know what they've done, and you don't really know if they're happy or anything like that. You don't like, know their like, journey, like, like you don't know any of this. Like, you, you, I, 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 you know, there was this um, you know, this what's this movie now? Look up, right? Is that was called mm-hmm. Look Up. that Jennifer Lawrence is Something in? Really, yeah, yeah. I mean, and she ain't been in a movie in like she did anything like three, or four years, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe four, maybe a little longer, right? Um but I, I remember seeing her talk on some little clip, and she was like, "Yeah, I, I did all this stuff." And I looked around, and I was like, "I don't have a life. I better get one." Mm. And this is a woman who's won her Oscar. She's mm. been in all these big movies. Mm. She's got that thing that people think that they want when they're this, the the like the young actress stuff like that. And she turns around when she's like thirty eight or twenty eight or something, and like She's like, "I don't have a life. Mm. I have to get one." Mm. You know, and right. the men she was dating were all treating her like shit and it's like now she finds a guy, finds a guy she's in love with she has a kid, she has those things that she wanted because, you know, there's this great line I read somewhere, it's like the thing about things that you want is what do you want once you have it? Mm. You know, there you go. So
1: yeah. it's you know, and I always and, make a joke to my husband. I'm like, I just want a little six bedroom. I'm not for much, you know. Five yeah. car garage. You know, I don't ask for much, you know. Yeah, Eight so, million dollars, I ain't <laughs> tripping. You know what I mean? So, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, I mean, you know,
2: I, I I don't know. Like somebody was saying, I was talking the other day. They're like, you know, Steven Spielberg is 75 when he does West Side Story, mm. and and I remember the damages I, I, I was talking about him. He's like, you did such a good job. And it's not like you know you say to yourself well he's like yeah i did a little bit of musical in 1941 a little bit of stuff here but never did a full musical thing like this and it's like he said he he said he wanted to do it since he was like 11. he wanted to do that story since he was 11. so and it's like but you say to yourself you know he he's sort of he's a special case in a lot of ways but it's like you know because you hear him talk and even at 75 he still sounds like a precocious kid right. when he's talking about the movies and stuff because he's he still
1: know, can't believe he's doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a trip. You know, I mean,
3: even if you look at Ready Player One, you <laughs> can see like my light, my eyes just lit up like this is a playground I've always wanted to be on.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, look, that's a movie that some people. I mean, look, I liked it. Some people I know didn't like it for 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 whatever reason. I think th- I think they didn't like it because. I've heard, I've heard people say that, 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 that story is somewhat like, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, it's, it's kind of alienating to women. In a in a sense. Hmm. I, that's what I've heard certain women who write genres say because oh here's another story where the lead I don't is, remember that the lead is the guy and blah yeah. blah blah and it's like you but could've the,
3: the female, she was the hero.
2: She's she's important in the story. So to me I'm just but it's not, not her story. So it's just It's w- definitely
1: through his eyes through his eyes. Yeah.
2: But I say to myself, but again, but it's like okay, <laughs> here's a man who's like seventy two making mm-hmm. this movie. Right. It doesn't and he made it. And and, and and while he was doing posts in that movie he makes the movie the post so you're like where's this man's energy come from right. you know there's excitement for wanting to do this this is a movie that's kind of like 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 it seems to work is the perfect first person to do ready player one because it's like I set the wick for all this stuff to explode in the 80s that then became what this movie's about you know all the video games all that stuff is is kind of based off of like he kind of like he hijacked pop culture Mm. throughout the 80s like oh and 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 so now it almost seems like a weird kind of nostalgia bomb for him to a degree to do but i feel like you know because i I know he i know he said he they offered him harry potter and he turned it down because he was like what kind of bring to this you know, like it's because really? he feels like he's felt like I've done this. It's too, it's too, it's too, oh. it's too pat for me to do okay. this story. I've done this with either the Goonies mm-hmm. or Poltergeist or whatever it is. I've done this,
1: and so that's why I didn't do it. Um, but okay, that's that's an interesting thing you just started interrupting, Chris. That's an interesting thing you just said, Chris, because you know we talk a lot about you know as you know my producing partner is a big casting director, <clears throat> so we're always talking about like how we're gonna attach this person to this project or whatever. And my eyes, I'm like, oh, this person would be perfect. And she'd be like, they're not going to do it. And I'd be like, why? And she's like, they just did it on this thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. But that's what made me think they could do it. She's like, would you want to do it again? I'm like, no. She's like, there you go. <laughs> right. So, it's like, a lot of little things that make you think about that. You go, oh, that person would be perfect because I saw them play a bad guy in that thing. They'd be the great Michael Rooker would be perfect again in this. He's like, he's tired of doing that. He wants to show he could be a good guy in something sometime, you know, whatever it is. So, it's like, I mean, I mean yeah, I
2: mean, unless you <laughs> throw them a lot of money. But, I mean, oh, it's, yes, yeah. it's, it's, but you're right. It's like, like artists, if you're really about your business, you don't. You find you find yourself repeating yourself constantly, right. Right. but part of your true pushes. I need to be unconsciously like repeating myself. So you just can't opt to go choose. I just did this. Let me do the same thing just like it. Right. I mean, it's a little different with certain filmmakers doing uh sequels i mean look like spielberg did the he did the raiders and the, the three sequels he's not doing the fourth one he's like i don't need to do that now but i feel like i feel the i feel he's again a special case it's like you know he didn't want to do the sequel to jaws mm. and they made it and he was really upset so he was like god this is kind of fucked up my legacy yeah.
1: And it you wasn't know, as great. <laughs> wasn't nearly as good. Yeah. And he was like, "I should have done this." Mm-hmm.
2: But he was doing like close encounters or, or something mm-hmm. like that. So whatever, he's like, "I just, I'm not gonna do it." You know. So that's why he stayed on and did the. So he's like, "When the Raiders sequels come, I'm doing it. When the Jurassic Park sequels come, mm-hmm. I know we did the second, the first sequel. I don't do it anymore." But, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, but he's trying to like, again, protect what he originally did. So there's no okay. bad follow up. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different. But,
1: what did he do? Three or four of those jobs. What?
2: There three. There's three. There I remember, th- I remember was, seeing a three. There was, I Jaws, there was Jaws 2 and then there's Jaws 3D. Oh, uh, 3D. Which was, the th-
1: yeah. Like, and then, yeah. <laughs> that was such a big thing you know? <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. I, mean, you know, they had, I mean,
2: you know, whatever. They tried it. They've tried it a few times. Yeah. They, the third time they've tried it. So,
1: <laughs> Oh, my God. He's coming right at the camera. Um. <laughs> um, next question. What's your next question? Yeah. Anything else?
3: How do you relate to... Go closer to the mic. How do you relate to the characters that you write? I, I I mean, even like when I'm writing characters, there's always a little bit of me in each one, and they're weird, they're crazy. How do you put yourself into your characters? Um,
2: if I can't put. Something for myself, and I need somebody to I've seen, mm-hmm. or I know, or a situ or a situation, a situation I've situation. seen explode. Like I've been a, like front seat on something to be able to do that. Because there's a lot, there's there's a, you know there's there's a lot of characters that you know I don't know, or I or I don't know what it's like, um, and. I mean, like, right now, like, the, the horror thing, like, the relationship at the core of the thing is something that, like, I hadn't experienced. So I got on the phone with a friend of mine who I know is a writer and is an editor, and I was like, and she has experience on the relationship at the core of the horror movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is what it is. Can you tell me what you think? This is what I'm trying to do how does this work and then she was like oh okay, that's cool but if you thought but 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 this is how it would kind of be it would be more like this she was just mentioning kind of like behavior patterns like she was like oh would they be more possessive and i was like okay i get what i like i know what that means i know mm-hmm. what that means i know what be- because the thing is is that like as people as humans we have been through every range of emotion that your characters your characters are are going through just the, you, but you just have to kind of like then think about where do I lean in on something that might be a little foreign to me, and then I, I mean, I mean, look, I that's this woman. She's like, she, I was like, I said, look, can I send you the scenes when it's done? And she was like, yes, for sure. I want to read them. I want to read them <coughs> because it just, I'm just trying to get, um, I'm just trying to get the authenticity, and be, but, but, but the thing is, she put me on a track. That like I hadn't thought about, mm-hmm. you know, because I just was like, I don't know what this would be like. But and is this
3: is with the father daughter dynamic. No, it's oh. be- no,
2: there's because there's 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 two women in the story who have a relationship, and and that's something that's and and knowing what that is, I was like, how do I do this, you know? And she was telling something to me that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That and, and, and the minute she was saying what stuff could be, I knew what it could look like. I just didn't think about like, oh. Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, you know. And then I was asking her, I was like, and then I also had the humility to say, look, I'm a straight guy asking about this ah. situation. How does it, like, what's the lens that I'm looking for, that's on this, that I need to avoid so it doesn't feel like a guy looking at it, you know? She's like, well, it might be like this, or think about it like this. And I was like, oh, that's interesting.
1: Oh, that's Th- that's. Cool. A, I think that's super important to do. Like, um, because <laughs> being in the position I am at, at the Writers Guild and, you know, I'm the former, you know, um, co-chair of the LGBT committee as well. <clears throat> so I'll get calls about, you know, queer stuff and, and showrunners will be like, hey, I just have a question about this thing. And I'll be like, so here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the movie that just came out? Power, oh, Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. So Chris and I were talking about this. This is the Netflix movie. Was it Cumberbatch? Benjamin Cumberbatch? Yeah, yeah.
2: Ben, uh, um, he's a, Benedict a, a Cumberbatch.
1: Ben, Benedict sorry. Amazing, amazing um, acting in the film, but there is supposed to be an element of the story where is Benjamin and this other character, you know, are they in love with each other? There's something, right, is going on in the story. And it happens at the very end of the movie, and it's never shown, of course, so what I said was, now uh, this is not me dogging the movie because I thought the movie was, it was a slow burn, but acted well, shot well, all that shit. Um, but here's the issue I had. I don't think he talked to nobody gay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas Brokeback Mountain, which is you know based on something, so they had some, something to refer to, at least they took the time to go, here's what could have happened, right? Let's imagine in this world, and the problem I had was, we talked about this, the Benjamin, the 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 what's it? What the what the dog? I can't remember the power of the dog. Power of the dog took place even earlier, when there was a lot more.
2: Yeah, it's it's like in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it's, it's like eighteen like hundreds,
1: yeah. like a lot more area of nobody around okay. where things could have happened. Whereas Brokeback was it was like the fifties or sixties or something yeah. whatever, where things could have been. You know, they had a lot more risk, but yet they still took the chance, right? Now, I believe somebody straight wrote that too, but still, they took the time, right? Probably based off, you know, the IP that they had, but still, they took the time to at least delve into here's what the moment would look like. So where I'm going with this is, I always tell writers this, get out of your head about what do you think um, a gay character would do or a female character would do and be like, what would I do, right? And then put yourself in that position. Right, because it's the same. Yeah, yeah. that's the that, that, <laughs> that's look, the look, difference. Look,
2: the, the, like the, the thing is, is that this. You know, I was talking with this girl. I was like, "Look, I know it's the same," and she said it's going to be the same. But you got to realize there's like a slight nuance because of nuance this. is the only thing. Correct. There's a slight nuance because of this. You know, and I was like, <clears throat> "That's interesting." But the thing is, when she told me what the nuance was. It, it didn't seem like oh I didn't that's weird it was like oh I know exactly what that looks like right okay. I just but now that you give me license to kind of explore that direction then I'm like I, and, and it was she kind of predicated as to why it would look like this mm-hmm. why would it be some sort this kind of behavior and it was just some other things about it that like that like I hadn't
1: necessarily experienced here's, here's it, an example of nuance that fell flat for me in broke back. here's smile I me to be. Y'all know me. I keep it real on the show. So there's a moment where Heath and um, Jake. Uh, Jake are, you know, they're they're totally making out in that tent. They're about to get to the thing. And I, th- I think, is it Heath who's about to do him? Whoever it was. Somebody puts spit in their mouth and sticks it in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, it would never work like that. <laughs> it would never work. The first time, it would never work yeah. like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It should have been. I'm not going to say what it could have been. But... It wouldn't have been like that that easy, yeah. <laughs> the first time. I'm yeah. sorry, and so I was like, eh, "What straight dude wrote that?" <laughs> you know what I mean? That that's that's when you know they missed a little bit of nuance. Okay. But but to me, and I've talked to other gay guys, but it wasn't about that. It was about the fact that they completed the whole moment so I was like okay I'll let that slide but a lot of straight people are walking around thinking oh it's that easy it, bitch it ain't that easy <laughs> it's it's so when not. it comes to characters merely think about the nuance and yes just like Chris does I usually I usually try to picture who I would want to play the role a lot. Some people don't like to do that. I do personally because, and it it came from when I was younger, when A Color Purple came out, which is one of my favorite movies, um, and I read the book after. It made it so much easier for me to picture Celie and, you know, all those, (laughs) those, Sophia and all the, to picture those characters because now I saw it on the page you know, of how they were because I'd already saw Oprah and, you know, Whoopi and all those characters playing them. And so it made it easier for me. So now when I write, it's easier for me to put some... What even though it might be a, an actor I never get, but it helps me to picture their voice in there. Right. It makes it easier for me to write, for me, it makes it easier for me to write them if I can imagine it being Michael Rooker or whoever the fuck it is, you know. Yeah, I,
2: I mean, look, <laughs> I do that on occasion, you know, when I'm writing stuff, I'm like, oh, this would be cool, or if so-and-so, or someone so-and-so has done this. I mean, some, sometimes I don't. Sometimes there's someone that I know... I mean, look, sometimes there's an archetype, you know? That sure. yeah. might not be an actor. It might be somebody I've seen or whatever it is or. Personality. Um, a personality. Or I mean, you know, you ever, you've seen the show The Nick. You ever see the show The Nick? The 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 Cinemax show with. Um, it's Steven a British S- show, right? Is, no, Steven Soderbergh did yeah. it with, uh, with Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. You should see this show. It's one of, okay. a, so it's yeah, one of the, the there's a black dude in that? He's. Uh, Andre Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like one of the best shows in the last ten years, in my opinion. The best show. It's up there in the top five, I, by by far. Um, but there's a moment in that. Why do I to talk about uh, uh, um, characters? Characters. Ca- characters, characters. Yeah. Um, there's oh, there's a character in there. His name is Gallinger, and he is like he is such the white supremacist it <laughs> is fucking insane wow. but he's done it in a way that is like like he's done it in a way that's fascinating because you're like god damn there are a lot of white people like this <laughs> wow.
1: That's what I think God. when I watch Secession. There's so many Damn. characters. I'm like, oh, they're gonna. <laughs> it's, it's like
2: they're. It's like you know, you, I, like in my head, I start cataloging back I my like, people, that know, and no I was like, oh, 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 and and so and so, so now going forward, I said to my brothers, I because we we we, we remarked on it, We were like, oh, he's a Gallinger type. No, oh we say God. that all the time. people he, right. oh, he's a Gallinger, mm-hmm. because we know it's like you know, um, it's just a way that and that actor actually want that actor to be in, to be in my a, in the, in the <laughs> nick yeah to be the versus white, white the leader of the nick it's he's a different role right it's still in that wheelhouse of playing the white versus asshole mm-hmm. but it's so different that he might be interested in doing I it did. but i was like oh, I this if you offer it to yeah, him, like, me do you, him you might, want to yeah. do this role because it'll be dope for you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah you've played an asshole before but <laughs> that's why i know you can go where this needs to go um but is it is,
3: like Christoph Waltz and um, No, and glorious Bastards? No, okay. no, because he's not a white
2: supremacist in that. Uh-huh. He's just uh, he's, he's a, a Nazi. He's an opportunist. In an oh, and Glorious Bastards? No, he's just a Nazi. In that, he's just a Nazi. Yeah. No, no, the guy I I can't remember his name. The character's name is Gallinger. He's so fucking good in the Nick. It's just remarkable. He's um, <laughs> right.
1: so
2: good. He's so fucking good. Let me look over real quick. I don't remember his name, but <coughs> I should because I put him in my deck because I want him so bad. He's, <laughs> I just was like... We're, we're, I, oh, and the thing is, when I was writing the role, I, I, I was saying he's who I want. He's who I would want to do this to, just because it helped me. It it's just, just helped me kind of like... Um,
1: but sometimes it helps you with their inflections and yeah, like all right. that stuff, you we, know what I mean? This guy's name is... Uh,
2: <clears throat> oh, his name is uh his name is Eric Johnson. Let me
1: see a photo. Okay. Mm, nice. <laughs>
2: yeah, Eric Johnson. He can't take he, you nowhere. Girl. He <laughs> is he is a genius in that show. <laughs> he is so good it'll make you go, God damn. <laughs> God damn. I hope he's not like that in real life. Uh yeah, he's really good. He's really really okay. good. Um, what else you got?
3: heroes and disappointments
1: heroes and disappointments explain
3: I guess have you like I wouldn't say idolized or looked up or admired Mm -hmm. someone and they just left a bad taste in your mouth
1: oh god so never meet your heroes kind of a thing yes exactly
3: I've actually had that happen I admired this Mm-hmm. comedian and just to find out like who that person really is you're like it's heartbreaking
1: it's here's here's the thing that i've learned and you're gonna you're gonna experience this throughout your entire life you know um chris and i have both worked with people who we thought were you know like whatever and you bring them into a project and you're like oh my god <laughs> you know you're experiencing it in this in a whole nother world that we can't even talk about. Anyway, um, there's a thing that happens is, so we were talking about, I made the joke earlier about, oh, all I want is just a little six bedroom house and blah, 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 right? (laughs) Most people have, they say that when you finally make it, whatever that make it means for you, let's just say in this world, where you become a big celebrity, let's just say that. There's something that happens to people where it brings out, They say it brings out the real you. Mm -hmm. So that thing you've been because you remember most people who specifically want to be an actor, a writer, a producer, or whatever. A lot of us come from you know wanting to please. A lot of us coming from you know well I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove to my parents that whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm going to prove to that drama teacher who said I would never. There's always a lot of us are stuck in that. Myself included, right? There's a lot of proving. Like we talked about at one point. I'm jumping just a little bit. Mm When I first moved to LA I came here to be an actor as I told you. I would not even go home, which is only, you know, 5 hours away back in the Bay Area. I wouldn't even go home unless I just did a TV show, just did a commercial, just did a video, whatever it was, so that I can go home and say I did some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I realized years later nobody gave a fuck. You know, I thought because what happened was I would walk into the church, and my mom and them would be in church, and they would stop church. Oh, my God, Hilliard's here. He was just on the Power Rangers. He just did this commercial. He just did that thing, literally. Oh, Whereas wow. before, i walk into church, and they'd still keep going. It, it just changed. And I was like, oh, I have to be somebody else. So what I'm saying, imagine that on a whole other scale, oh. where you walk down the street, and people know your name and all that stuff all that stuff that's been pent up in you and you know i'm so sick of people not believing in me and blah blah blah. you start to believe your own hype and everybody's yesing you you start to become that thing that you never thought you were gonna become you know what i mean i'm not saying this happens to everybody but it happens to a lot of people yeah yeah i you mean
2: look, i think you made a good point about you do there's a lot of people who their success is predicated on the revenge they get yeah. on somebody, and I mean, and even and even today, I was listening to uh, Wesley Morris talk about um, Sidney Poitier, the legend mm-hmm. of Sidney Poitier, and, and 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 Sidney Poitier is very clear in his autobiography about he became an actor. Um,
1: so. Hold on, hold on, black folks. If you an actor and you ain't read Sidney Poitier's bi- bi- uh, bi- biography, yeah. shoot yourself. Shoot yourself yeah, <laughs> um, but he's
2: <laughs> but he but he became who he was because of revenge. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like the story. You know, like he was, I think, the, one of seven or eight children. His he, he was the youngest or whatever, younger one. His dad couldn't really handle him and sent him to Florida, and mm-hmm. he was like fifteen. And from the Bahamas, yeah. and he hated it. And he was like, "I got to get." And he went to New York, and then he was I maybe mean, I don't know. He was homeless, and then he wanted to go work for the um, the American Negro Theater. Right. And he went in there, and he couldn't read at the time. And he wow. went in there. One of the most articulate motherfuckers well, in yeah, the yeah, yeah, world, too. Yeah, a bit. yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. He he couldn't read at the time, and he went in there, and he went to do the audition. <laughs> they're like, "Okay, here's the script," and and he was like, "Hello there." How wow. are you? <laughs> and the guy said, get the fuck out of here!" Ain't that,
1: that the thing from Go Pence? back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you already said, he,
2: he, so he said, all you need, he said, all you, you know, the guy said, all you should be doing is washing dishes. Damn. And That's and Sydney left and he was like, walking on the street and he was like, you don't tell me what I should be doing. Hmm. There's more to me in life than washing dishes. Mm-hmm. So he went and the story they were saying was he went back to the American Negro theater and he said, "Look, I'll make a deal with you. I'll be your maintenance man mm. if you if you let me watch the classes mm. so he learned while he was doing the work for them. Mm. but here's the funny thing: he also became a dishwasher at that time, yep." Because this is something else I just heard recently that was on some sixty minutes interview with him and Leslie Stahl, which is online somewhere this was, and this was like making me cry. Mm. He was saying that when he like he had the thing that he could go in there still couldn't read, and he was at this dishwasher place, and this old Jewish guy said to him, "Do you want me to read with the paper with you?" Hmm. And he said for months, every night after they wrapped wrapped up this Jewish guy. Would read the paper with him, to teach him how to read. Wow! You know, for months. Huh. You know, and that's and he was like, I gotta lose the accent. And he was listening to the radio to lose mm-hmm. the West Indian accent, and he's got that voice. And it's like, but the but it's like the revenge of like you don't tell me what I can do is what mm-hmm. a lot of people do in this and that and it leaks out and makes it hard to be, to begin it. But it's like I got what I wanted. I got mm-hmm. to be the big star, getting five million dollars an episode, whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Ah ha ha! Fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. people behave that way. I mean, some of the people that I've met who
1: have been my heroes have
2: actually turned out to be great. Oh yeah, you I'd know, say the
1: majority of them are great. Great, you, you know? know. It just depends on the situation you meet, you meet
2: them, in. and 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 which, and then also what you ask of them, right? You know, because you can't you can't ask them anything that. They're at a position in life where they reach such a stratosphere that they perhaps have forgotten what it's like to be young and hungry. Correct. And therefore, when you ask them something that <clears throat> could mean the world to you, it uh, it might seem somewhat like offensive to them. Like, what do you mean? Like, you need an agent? or You need someone? To, like, like, what? like mm. in their in their, in their mind, that, that doesn't that doesn't happen in like that's twenty years. They don't know what that means anymore. You know, to have to struggle to mm-hmm. get an agent or struggle to get or something like that. Like, they don't know that. So And that seems like, well, what do you mean? I just pick up a call and call an agent. So, because it's, like, their world has changed. Like, their point of view has changed to the point that they don't, you know, and when they meet you, they're not thinking, I got to put myself, like, in your shoes. It's only until maybe they're hanging out. So it's, a, a lot of it is how, you, is how you choose to interact with them, too, and then what you yeah. want from them. Like, if you don't want anything from them... But just to be like, you're cool and I want to hang out with you or whatever it is, it becomes a different thing, you know. But some people uh, some people realize you're hanging out with me because you want something from me, you know. And
1: it's up to you to kind of like disarm them and and not ask for anything. That's why it's also, <clears throat> we talk about this with executives, agents, and all these different, you know, people that we have to go in to speak to. And you can tell like, oh, that person's known for being a bitch or that person's known for doing whatever. It also depends on the generation right. that they came up in. And like today, it's gonna be very hard to meet people who are assholes because in this climate. Right. Now, You're still gonna get people who seep through. It just is what it is. We
3: live in a cancel <clears throat> culture.
1: Total, but, 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 but you will meet a lot of those people who are like so-called the bitch or whatever, which I've sat across a lot of those people who are supposed to be that. And what I realize is a lot of times, it's because of the way that they came, they came up in a way where the, you know, they were an assistant and the, 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 the executive they worked for was a total asshole or a bitch back to them or whatever. So they had to, when they got their chance, that, that's how they were taught. So they kind of did the same thing and treated you that way so that, so that it kind of got in, 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 ingrained in your brain to be this way and that this is how the industry works and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's very, it's almost robotic if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of um, um, freedom within that. And um, we were talking about agents and stuff the other day, and it's, it's one of the issues that I see a lot is sometimes, specifically with agents, is they come from that very, very corporate world, especially the big top agencies are they're all freaking they're public <laughs> you know what i mean and and so they're it's a corporate thing it's coming from wall street it's not yeah. just like yeah, a bunch the of creative people they can yeah. the shareholders exactly yeah. so so yeah. they're looking at things a lot differently where they they don't want to take a risk they don't want to get on the phone the way they would have 10 years ago when we did this thing or you know now they're like well the corporate says we can't do that because all we do is do this thing and it's just a lot of weird shit that happened and I'm jumping a lot but mm-hmm. i'm just trying to help you understand that that if you can find personal things like there was somebody you met, oh, it was your 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 showrunner on your show, and and instead of and he's done a hell of shit, and and you talked about the soundtrack, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, find I, well, that I, other I, connection. Yeah, I,
2: I found this with a joke with him. We were sitting around, and, and I, I was and he I was, talking. I said, hey, did I get to you one thing? And I said, seriously, I was like. I listen to the soundtrack for your show all the time and you took the license off of Spotify. What's up with that? And, you know, and I said it like that and then he was like, because I, I, I kind of said it seriously so he kind of like leaned in and then I was joking and he was like, oh, okay. He's like, well, don't worry. Man. I mean, it was just like, you know, whatever. It was a way to kind of like uh, so much that you know i'm a I'm a fan in a way that I'm not just a fan of right. like the 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 easy material of what your previous show was, but right. it's like but what but what your show embodies for me helps me. And he, he really liked that. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, this is also something too about meetings that like Hillary mm-hmm. says this all the time. It's harder now when you do a zoom meeting because of what the the angle of view is on like on a zoom screen mm-hmm. but if you get to meet people in person like absorb everything in their office yeah. to see if there's one thing that is you like that you to. can relate to yeah you know like oh oh oh, because oh. it's like you know like i know that, that, that my bo- my previous boss's his favorite movie is back to the future right he would bring it up uh, probably every week really? on some le- on okay. some level. if you heard that, something.
1: you had better watch that movie again, again, just to log it you in know, your it's, head.
2: It's, it's, again, I exactly. mean, I mean, <laughs> like, like sometimes he'd be talking and and then we'd be saying something, and he'd just like hum the theme song out. You know, just be like <laughs> you know, you know just, the, the score. he'd just, he just come in and it, I mean, he was so loved it. And, uh, you know, and the, sometimes we would talk a thing and it'd be like, oh, it'd be like in Back to the Future. Mm. It'd be, oh, it's the clock tower scene. It was just like the clock tower scene. And right. he would, and it the shorthand that you knew that he knew that, that if you knew if you could reference that in a pitch, you could win the pitch because he knew that he couldn't, he can't reject something that's based upon something that he loves. That is, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. you sure. just can't. That's uh, a really good point. Yeah, he, th- like, he's not going to be able to do that, yeah. you know. Um, but, I got him a Back to the Future poster as, my, as a gift and I was leaving. I was like, this is what I want to give you for giving me the shot in the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, and he loved it. Like, he texted me when he got it mm-hmm. when I was in Costa Rica. He was like, dude, I fucking love this. I'm like, dude, I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate getting the job. He's like, no, no, dude, you were fucking fantastic, but I, I love yeah. this. But it's also it's like that I is listen to you. Super important. I listen to you, mm-hmm. and it's not something he could buy. This was a it was it was something right. that bespoke. It wasn't just a poster. It was something I saw that was kind mm-hmm. of like a it was like it was limited edition, mm-hmm. and I got it framed. and All this kind of shit. Because I was like, I wanted to let you know, like how much. I mean, like I was gonna tell him, hey, you changed my life, you know. But but I didn't want to say it like that mm-hmm. because that's like, I mean, I, I I I don't know that 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 might be too much. Thank, to you. Say. Yeah, thank yeah, I mean, you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I mean, but but show you how much I really want to thank you. Was it's, mm-hmm. it's like I listened to you, right. you know, and 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 you've been seen like you yeah, just don't look at you as my boss mm-hmm. or a paycheck or blah blah blah. It's yeah. like you've been seen as like a as like a friend. Like this is what I'm doing for you, you know. Um, but it's but but I did that because I'm like listening and mm-hmm. listening. You know, and he won't forget it. Yeah, you won't forget he will it. see it in his fucking office. Yeah. You know, all the time. And, it, I mean, you know? and, and I know he puts it up. Someone's gonna mm-hmm. ask him, oh would you get that?" Right. Anytime, says, would you get that?" Oh, a staff writer. Uh, mm-hmm. My staff writer wrote Gagged it for me. Right. And he'll always say that. And the, and the people will be like, "Who's that staff writer? Who gave you that? that?"
1: Who's that story? <laughs> it, yeah, is? yeah. You know,
2: who, like who did that? You know? <laughs> so because it was. I mean, I mean, I didn't think about that. I just was like, yeah. "Oh, I." I mean, it's sure that will happen, you know. Yeah. But I wanted to. But it's like that's the thing that you want to because it's about the meeting because the thing too is that like you just don't want to if you can find some small thing to uh, that you have in common then it allows them to look at you more than just like as a, as a, as a writer commodity
1: yeah. but that goes to what you were just saying about I can't tell you uh, she, uh, I was about to call you Sheila forgive me um, I was about to say I can't tell you how many times I've had writers come in here we sit here we have a meeting and I realized talking to them for five minutes oh they never even looked me up you can sit in my office and look at all this art and all this crazy shit I have in here and go, oh, he's a creative motherfucker. Yeah. That alone should be a conversation. You know, whether it's the comic book sitting over there, the books, the the art, the fucking Doctor Who fucking, you know what I mean? It's this like, really? Called? You don't, you can't, there's no, but, no conversation? But, but,
2: but, but, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I bring that up too because, I'm going to try this back to you saying about you mean your heroes, because that's most of the people that I've met who are like my heroes as writers or directors when I able to talk to, when I talk to them, <clears throat> I talk to them about, I I do that. I go, Oh, what are they interested in? Mm-hmm. What can I engage them in? That is, you know, so I'm not, so I'm not asking them for something. I don't want to ask you for anything. I, mm-hmm. the thing that will happen mm-hmm. if you are really good with building a relationship with these high level people is if you're smart at how you play the relationship, there's a point where they'll say, "Show me, like, give me something to read. Ten percent that you want is a favor I can do for you." They'll offer it, yep. and at that point, you didn't ask for anything. You know, they're like, "Okay, if I if if offer you a favor or something like that, then you've then you've then you've breached the barrier of I'm not an acquaintance, I'm a friend." Right. You know, I'm a first level friend because I haven't done anything for you yet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, but they, they, but, but, but everyone is kind of aware of the power dynamic, you know, like, hey, I'm an Oscar and I'm a new writer and you're not. So, and, and so you
1: want this. And, and you're that. correct, Chris. It's true. We've all been super busy, even while you are on your show recently, when, when some writer was like, dude, here's my, here's my situation. Here's the script. And you'd be like, dude, that sounds dope. I don't have time. I tell you what, just send it to me, I'll glance at it, whatever. You just take the time because you caught them, you know, not, not only at a good time, but the, the subject matter interested you, the way they pitched it to you, whatever it is. So remember they may be busy, but they also may be willing. Okay. You know what I mean? So so that goes to what Chris and I you were talking earlier about you never ask people for anything and stuff like that. You will not succeed. If you don't, I'm telling you.
3: And that's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, the thing is this, right? It's kind of like when I I was saying, like, don't ask these people for this stuff, is that you're. Oh, I wasn't talking about that. no, but but the thing is, is is like this. It's like you're playing the long game Mm -hmm. with these people because it's like I learned that I was talking with somebody one time. I met him. We were talking just back and forth, back and forth. I wasn't asking for anything. And then he volunteered, well, send me something. You know, because in my mind, it's like you played a long game of like, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like they know as writers, as filmmakers, whatever it is in the creative, someone who's not at your level and they're not like and they're being smart about how to to interact with you. Then you're going to say to yourself when they look at your thing, you're like, oh, you know what? He hasn't asked me anything. He's just trying to be cool. He's just being cool or she's being cool. So let me just see if he needs any help with anything because everybody needs help. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're like the top person. Yeah, exactly. You, you still need, need help yeah. at, to get to the next thing that you want to do because you don't want to stay where you are. You want to keep elevating like you were saying. So you always got to keep asking. always keep asking. You always keep asking. You know, I mean like it's just the nature of it is like but it's the smart way of asking. It's playing the long game. It's not being I'm talking about asking when you have value yeah, to, yeah.
1: To, to bring to the table. Yeah,
2: you have to that's the thing too. You always add value because because whenever I try to talk with people who I've met who are big, I'm not just like pumping them up or something like that. I kind of like ask them questions about things to well, how'd you do this, what was this about, well, you know? I'm curious to know like what was your thought process because again, people love to talk about themselves. You know, so you want to like just just. I mean, I, it, you
1: you can even talk to the themes of things. Like you could say, I love that movie and blah blah blah, and they talk about fatherhood. Man, me and my father used to go at it as a child. Whatever right. the thing, you can relate it to that, and you're still not asking them, but they start to go, Oh, I'm working on another thing about fatherhood. You know what I mean? Whatever yeah. it is that makes them go, Hey let me see that thing you're talking about you know what I mean mm-hmm. whatever it's it's an interesting dance Yeah. you know it's th- where yeah. you want something but you don't want to ask them for it Right. so you find ways to just kind of
2: yeah you get closer Where yeah. it, because <laughs> the thing I think that's what hap- I mean look there's some people who are going to be assholes but I think a lot of people you meet you be heroes the thing is you a- it's, it's that you ask something whatever it is you ask it too soon mm-hmm. that's when they react because they got to shield up and it's up to you to like Move past the fourth, fifth layer of the shield before they go, Oh, I, well, I'm gonna let it down because they got to let it down right. to somebody, to some people, whoever it is. They, they can't have this shit up. I mean, maybe some people have this shit up all the time. Those, those people are like true assholes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, yeah, but but you don't want to work with them, yeah, but yeah, but you don't know, you know what I mean. It, <clears it's throat> I think all, that's that's, uh, that's the thing, too. You yeah, don't work with them, so you,
1: you don't. I mean, I think at the end of the day, do you want to do you want to work with somebody who's like Chris and I were talking about? You know, my experience on on, on on the show that I was on wasn't like his in the sense that, you know, the showrunner came in and did a lot of cool things with them and, you know, explained things or whatever and this and this. And you're not going to get that on every show. You know what I mean? <clears throat> you're not. You know, you, you're talking about somebody who's seasoned, been in there for, you, against somebody their first time doing it. It's going to be different. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's lots of... Um, um, expectations you're gonna you're gonna have in your head about wishing that it was this and wishing it was that but the problem is everybody wants the showrunner to do it you keep forgetting you got all those other writers in there you know what I mean go to lunch with them meet them on Saturday and hang out at their house for you know whatever number two number three number four all of them are gonna be somebody in two years mm-hmm. you all worry because they ain't the showrunner so you ain't fucking with them what the fuck no, are you doing I mean like if you look at who's
2: someone who's interesting uh you um jennifer hutchinson right Mm -hmm. so she was on breaking bad she was on better carl Saul. now Mm -hmm. she's running shit there's like i mean like if you look at the staff from breaking bad like they're all running shit now and the thing is i bet that everyone's trying to meet vince gilligan you know, and that's fine, but he's the the the, the number of voices he's hearing every day oh, wow. is insane. But those other people are hearing less voices and they're more apt to to hear what it is, you know. Like for instance, you know what? I could have asked my showrunner for an introduction to to new representation. I could have done it at any time, you know, but it's like, you know, how do I get him to you know, not just ask him what's the right time to do that? Then follow up and then all that kind of, and then find the time to follow up. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because you're so busy. But then I didn't have to do that. I just asked the number two, you know? All right, well, actually, the, he heard me complaining about something. He was like, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. you know because he was there and he, and he liked me and I was like you know I mean I'm not saying sure he didn't like me but it's like he's not on his radar when, that, when yeah. that, what's going on you know so right. yeah. does
3: that fall into the category of like networking across when people say don't try to network up network across
1: yeah to an extent I mean I think so um, I mean there. first of all there's nothing wrong with working with trying to network up the problem is you network up most people are busy Right. So to expect them to take time for you is kind of unfair of you. That's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? If you think about it that way, you won't go all out of your way trying to reach out to Lena Wake. <laughs> you know what I mean? She ain't got no time for you. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? mean? Yeah, well, You're wasting yeah, your time. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it's like they're busy. You might be able to catch them. The thing is... um, how can you? It's not. It's not that it's just they're busy. It's like how can can you stay on the, on the top of their mind, <clears throat> so that they'll follow through with what you what you might ask them to do when there's the shit that's throwing at was throwing at them. Just the other day, look, I hit up a, some somebody who's a, who's a good, you know, kind of mentor, advice giving guy. Um, when I was was my showman did. Hit him up, and it was, right, it was right in the holidays. I said, well, he's probably free now. He's like, dude, I'm actually not. I got a pitch that I, gotta get, I, I have to get ready mm-hmm. for uh, at the top of the year, so I'm busy. And I, but he said, but hit me up in the middle of January, and then we'll see where I am. So I hit him up on this past Wednesday, he was, and you know what he said to me? He said, great timing. I just turned in my draft. Nice. You know, so I so I'm getting notes back, and tomorrow, the following week on this day, let's talk, because I'll, I was you know, but it was like, hey, I need to. It's like if I wanted something immediately, then I was like, <laughs> but I do want something immediately. So I was like, I need some yeah, information, and like you know, but it didn't happen. But I but it was but it was better. But you planned but it. But I planned it. So you yeah. planned it. But then the so there's that. But then at the same time, and he's a big EP and all this kind of shit like this, selling shows. But at the same time. That same day, I reached out to four of the people who, 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 who people that I know who started at the Staff writer when I did, mm-hmm. and they're on their third show right now. Now, and, and to me, uh, fuck this, my time thing, but to me, I'm saying to myself, I want to reach out to you to say, how did you get your second job? How did you get your third job? Mm-hmm. Because I'm coming off my first show. Yeah. And, the, I mean, and here's the thing like, they're on your third show um but
1: you were on a show so as for, if you're on three yeah, seasons yeah because yeah,
2: you, your contracts only 20 weeks right? right and my thing lasted 60 weeks for one job mm-hmm. so it's like the length of three jobs yeah. for most people but i was mm-hmm. like tell me how to what's the move the move let me talk with you mm-hmm. and see what you did and get your thoughts and 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 and, and all three of them had different uh different strategies. Mm. And what they did I was like cool, cool, cool. I, okay, yeah. you did a this, little you did that, this, little this, I can mm-hmm. do this, but we can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I I told them all preference I was like, "Hey, I got I'm getting new people representation. I'm starting this. What's to play with them?" Mm-hmm. And they all had different things about well, this, this you do it, this, you do Just I was like, "Okay, cool." And this and then it's just so the reason why you want to network up is I mean network like like horizontally is they might come across stuff that they, yep. uh, like for instance, somebody might call me, say, "Hey Chris, I want you to be on the show." Boom, I want to do it. Boom, I'm on the show, because I said I'm, I'm said to ten people. I'm I'm available right now. Someone else, so those other nine people, says, "Hey Chris, <clears throat> are you available?" No, I just signed a job. Oh, because I'm because I'm looking for someone who's at your level who can do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know someone to do it. Is, is is Hilliard? Because mm-hmm. you hear there's that, you know, blah, 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 you know, and if they have, if they give you any kind of respect, they'll like at least like listen to your suggestion because they, because it, everybody kind of needs um, uh, to be vetted by someone else,
1: you yeah, know, yeah, and, and, and add, someone speak on that. Yeah, someone speak on that. Yeah, and to add to that, exactly what Chris is saying, you might be on a show. Because I remember we were looking for somebody to be a script coordinator, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so those jobs you know because you're in the thing. Yeah. So he's right, so why not go to, just because you want to be a staff writer, I mean, you can't meet other people who are staff writers, you right. know what I mean? They still know about another job that they turned down because they, tur- they took that job, <laughs> you know what I mean? So sometimes people are like, oh, dude, I got three offers wow. on different shows, and I ended up going with this one because I wanted to work with that showrunner. You know what i mean so i know that they're still staffing over there so people always forget that instead they're trying to get to the showrunner to get the job and they forget you can still find out through the grapevine right there with the people you're level with that's why they say your 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 community has to be strong in 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 people knowing what it is you do that's why i said don't just say i'm a comedy writer say i'm a comedy writer who writes this right you know what I mean? So that everybody's clear. Oh, they're doing a show. They're doing season two of, of Hacks. She would be great on that because she likes talking about older women who, whatever, whatever the thing is. You know what I mean? understand. That's how you become that thing. And make sure you plant that whenever you meet another writer, here's the type of writer I am. You know what I mean? I want to get on a show. I want to write a movie. Whatever your thing is. You know what I mean? I do yeah, we my, got my, 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 my Okay. my... Um, Alright, we'll wrap it up. Um, uh, uh, the meter, I, I do the meter. Okay, so I'll be back. Just okay. I'll, I'll, I'll just keep talking. Alright, so nice. let's keep going. <clears throat> Anything else? Twenty twenty
3: two. What What are your goals? What are your goals for twenty twenty two? So
1: here's an interesting thing. So we talked about this on our previous episode a few weeks ago. Um, I don't believe in goals. I believe in plans. Yeah. So here's here's how I look at it. This I've explained this a few times. So you know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's the new year, a oh, girl, I'm gonna go on the diet, I'm gonna do this, <laughs> and blah blah blah, and by February the bitch is back at the McDonald's. Yeah. Right? So that's the problem I have with a goal. To me, a goal is a diet. A plan to me is something you stick with. A plan to me is something that you follow through with and you live you change it into your lifestyle. Mm. So my biggest plan this year is to do exactly what you're talking about. To go back to the guy who would get on the phone and I have a huge Rolodex and just start going, yo man, just let you know I'm available for that thing. You know, I'm done developing shows for these big producers back ready to get on the show again. That's what I need to do now. Because what happened was a few years ago when I was on my last show, I was back at that stage the very first person I asked, boom, I was on the show. Right. right? So I was like, okay, I need to get back to that dude again. And now I have so much more, you know, experience, you know, developing all these shows for all these people. I'm in another place, you know, plus I produce so many things. So it's like now I need to ask. You know, so that's my follow through every single week. At least 5 of them, which isn't a lot, but you don't want to overhaul all of your calls. Right. You want to spread them out a little bit cuz they overlap. You know, and people know each other. You know, a lot of whoops, I just hit something. A lot of the groups that we um that I'm talking about, like we all like me and Chris and a bunch of us are like, you know, we're different emails with a bunch of different, you know, black writers and stuff like that. So we all kinda know each other. And so there's you don't wanna be overlapping in that. You wanna make sure that you take your time and really um figure out who's gonna benefit you, you know. That's the other thing that a lot of writers do is they they go to writers and they go, oh, I'm going to go hang out with that person or meet that person, whatever. And I'm like, do they write what you write or do, or do they will they help you bring some value to something that's okay. going to benefit you? You know, make sure that that's really, really important for yourself, too. You know, does that make sense? Yes. yes. So that's where my plans are. Um, that's just part of my plans. There's other, you know, personal plans and <clears throat> you know things like that. You know, as much as I love this office, um, you know, I want to get a bigger one. You know what I mean? I want a big conference room and you know place for an assistant, and I want to do like all that. So that's in the in the like a two-year plan type of thing. You know what I mean? Because my goal in the next two years, I want to have an overall, you okay. know, plan. <laughs> Got me saying, "Go." What about you? Ooh. Just realistic stuff. There's a couple of
3: them. I mean, like any new writer, I, I definitely want to be staffed. Mm-hmm. Um But Like what, what, what
1: shows catch your eye that you feel like, oh, I could really write that?
3: Oh, I love animation. I am that I'm a huge sci-fi nerd and I love mm-hmm. animation. I would have like Star Trek, uh, Lore Dex. I love Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> lore Dex. It mm-hmm. is hilarious. And I love like because they have like this mother-daughter dynamic, and also because the the um the main character is animated black, yeah. so mm-hmm. that that was just like a huge thing for me.
1: Any any live action?
3: Live action! Wow! Oh my god! What kind of goofball? I love. Have you seen uh, Southside? On HBO.
1: And I'm familiar. Yeah. I, I think I might have watched like the first few minutes or something. I always try to catch the pilot of almost everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, I'm the, I'm the same to way. me, that's I'm our job. Way.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know what Cause mean? you, and I don't just limit myself to comedy. Mm-hmm. I watch horror, True. um, mini uh, definitely sci-fi drama. I'm not even a big drama fan, but I will watch it because, mm-hmm. You learn so much, and you can take those things and apply it, especially when you are um, switching genres or mashing genres. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, like both you and Chris don't <laughs> like when genres smash.
1: No, no, well, to, or
3: if if it's done,
1: it just has it's, it's, it's kind of like um like you've heard people say, like, oh, I hate voiceovers and I hate, you know, flashbacks and stuff. It's in the same theory to me. Ah. So, like, I'm not somebody who hates those things. I just want them done right. Right. So what happens is, and I've talked about this before. So, for example, so a lot of people don't like flashbacks or voiceovers because of this. Newer writers, the emerging writers will go, oh, well, I saw in this movie that they use voiceover throughout. So I'm going to include that in. So it's like every damn three scenes, they got a whole nother. But here's the problem. When you look at a really good movie like Shawshank Redemption or something, just using that as an example, or, you know, um, Big Fish, you know what I mean? Those type of movies that use these strong, you know, voiceovers, you will see the narration flows right into the story. And what you see over the voiceover is a visual cue. Whereas a lot of people are just talking and it's like, you just showed me that. Why did you repeat that? Right. Exactly. So that's Absolutely. why it becomes a problem because they're not doing it correctly. Right. So it's the same thing with voiceover, same thing with flashbacks. They go into a flashback out the blue and then they stay there for like seven, eight pages and come back. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. When you see a really good one, it's like, Bam you know what I mean? Takes you in, brings you out. Takes you in, bring you out. And you come out of it learning something. The character has gained something. They needed to show you that moment for a reason. So it's, it's that same theory to me when you talk about mashing up, you know, different genres. If you're going to mash them up, make sure you establish the rules of the world, you know, <clears throat> so that we know in this world, yes, there are zombies, just as an example, but there's humor here. Mm-hmm. But just wait. It's going to turn around in a minute where something's going to, you know, the tone could change because it's real life. Right? As mm-hmm. soon as you can do th- and then the tone could change because we're still in a comedy. You see what I mean? Right. You got to have rise and fall. You got to be yeah. able to do that a lot. So, um we're talking about on a
3: roller coaster.
1: Yeah. yeah. What are we talking about? We're talking about um plans Bashes. Oh, mashups? Yeah. Like, I was talking about, like, why it is that you and I may or may not like um, mashups in in a lot of the stories. And I was basically giving her an example of, for me, it's kind of similar to the issue that people have with flashbacks and voiceovers, as an example, where a lot of people, for me, it's because they don't use it correctly, that we don't like it.
2: that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, look, you know, I have have I mean I think that now I honestly think that now the type of movies that you could make should make are types of mashups you know True. I I you yeah. you're I, doing one now yeah so. I'm doing one now because mm-hmm. I feel like you know like the last 20 25 years and stuff people have leaned so heavy into this is what a like here's the genre here are all the tropes, mm. all these little ma- shows, exactly. TV shows, film shows, blah, blah blah. It's like, okay, how do I kind of like surprise you in the cinema? Yeah. I got to show you something that you qu- you probably haven't seen before. The the in terms of like it like it like it hasn't been mixed this way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, the this 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 tattoo movie I'm doing, I'm not saying much about it, but I know that no one's doing anything like it, but it's because i'm like how do i make you interested in seeing it mm-hmm. you know because there's so much noise and if i was to tell you like i mean like, there's a few movies that came out that were kind of weird that that i don't they had interesting premises i just don't know if they're executed right there was that movie like um abraham lincoln the vampire hunter oh you know, like, something yeah. like that. Actually, I actually didn't
1: hate that movie. <laughs> no, no, but I'm not yeah. saying I hate it either, but I'm yeah, saying,
2: yeah. but it's, like, that's the type of movie that's, like, oh, that's, like, actually kind of fucking
1: cool. Yeah, 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 it was dope. It like, was like, and it cool. totally followed the sequence approach. Like, it would just be, like, every ten pages, boom, yeah. like, some shit would happen. Yeah, him. you know, so you
2: kind of like, yeah. oh, okay, I see how the fuck this is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, stuff like that is what you kind of, like, think that you, you want to see, you know? Uh, I mean, if you think about it, the buddy cop genre right. that was a mashup.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's because true. That was that is action, true. comedy. Comedy, it, yeah. It,
2: well, yeah, because if you think about those if you think about the history of Hollywood, those buddy movies, like there was there's must have been like twelve of those um Crosby, the Bing Crosby mm-hmm. and uh uh but not just Bing Crosby but the, there was like Bing Crosby but it was like um Abbott and Costello kind and of roadshow things, mm-hmm. you know, and every once in a while, like those guys, like there was one that it's like a uh, Abbot and Costello, like they meet Frankenstein, <laughs> yeah, I was they, just about they to meet say, the werewolf, yeah. you know. So yeah. there was kind of like a a a, a, a tradition of doing these two buddies who, and a lot of times when you talk in writer's rooms or talk in acting class, you talk about, okay, what's the Abbott and Costello of the scene? (laughs) Because how are these people so, they're so polar opposite in the scene and that's how you get, there's inherent conflict in that which makes your scene. Who's on third. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's inherently gonna have sparks as a scene because there's conflict in just who they are. And then you just, and then if you look at what happened, it wasn't until, oh, let's put Eddie Murphy and fucking Nick Nolte together. Mm Oh wait a minute! The mm. criminal and the because there's a movie kind of like that a little bit in the seventies called Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Oh yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, I think there's a uh, and it's like just touching it a little bit. And then it was that one movie with um. There's a movie with fucking it's a it's a con movie with um. I mean
1: the Burt Reynolds movies were kind of in that kind line, of, didn't? but it's a region. They're con- a little more. It was adventure, yeah, the con movie.
2: Um, I want to say Lou Gossett Jr. was in it. It mm. was, uh, <sighs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is no, because I have to look this up because I, okay. I don't remember it
1: offhand. Uh, but it, but it, it, but just just piggybacking off of that, I mean, it, 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 it does go to, you know, um, When you know the rules, you can match it up Yes. well, you know what I mean? And you just have to be thinking about, like, where am I on the page? How does this feel? Like, Paul, you and I were talking on on Clubhouse the other day, and I was telling them about how I write, like, because I understand the rules and I'm really, really good at structure. I don't don't necessarily need to be like, oh, and then the hero needs to go through this right now, and the hero needs to go through that. For me, I'm more like, how do I feel like if I was reading this? I would want to see this happen now. I would want to, you know what I mean? So that's what I'm writing toward. Mm -hmm. That's why some scripts, you know, my my opening teaser may be a page. Some scripts it may be four or five pages long. You know what I mean? Depending on how it feels to me in the tone of the story that I'm writing. You know what I mean? And and what information am I trying to get out to make you curious? Because that's like Chris and I, we love to open up a story on what the fuck is going on? You know, because that's what makes you turn the page. Yeah. Because now you got to figure out what happened. Right. Why is she walking around bloody? You know, and <laughs> naked? Oh, she was kidnapped. Whatever the thing is, you know what I mean. It's like a little shit. So, you find it yet? Yeah?
2: It's something in the preachers, but it, oh, it's called oh. Buck in the Preacher. Buck and the Preacher. Yes, Preacher. Yes, I remember that. It's not. It's not Lou Gossett Jr. It's Sidney Poitier. It's yep. who it is. Buck oh Sid, He directed it too. Um, oh, he did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a wagon master and a con man. My preacher helped free slaves. Dog by cheap wa- Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's a good movie. Some early seventies, but it's a movie you don't expect. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's a, a, a con
1: a con movie mm-hmm. in the West. Let me ask you, you a question. Know? Just thinking about Sidney Portier, since I, I know you were talking about him earlier. So he directed that. How do you know how many movies he did direct? A few. He directed a lot. Okay, I was wondering why didn't he direct a lot more, coming into the last thirty years, for example. Well,
2: so <clears throat> there was the guy that the guy today was morrison I think this was on Fridays. August guess today. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a he had a very interesting year in nineteen sixty seven. Mm-hmm. Nineteen sixty seven. He had two movies out that changed his life. And cha- in and and and, and in this guy's. Estimation changed America. Yeah.
1: Guess, who's guess who's coming to dinner? dinner, dinner and Server and love. It, no, guess who's coming Back to, to dinner? Uh, it's guess
2: know. it's guess who's coming to dinner. Came out sixty seven, mm-hmm. and so did in the heat of the night. Oh, okay. And in the heat of the night was one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he is like he's going to see this that white guy who's part of the, the killer, the rich man, mm-hmm. and he says to him he's questioning him about, are you involved in this murder? Right. And the white guy slaps him. Mm. And without a second thought, Sidney Poirier <laughs> slaps, slaps him back. back. He's like, what? Sp-. And it's like it's just like, it's, mm. it's the reaction. Instinct. Instinct. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even a damn thing about instinctual. It's, think- yeah, it's, it's not in the script. Yeah, and it wasn't in the script. <laughs> no. Because they, they were saying that Potier pushed for that. And he was basically saying that... Um, you know after that his movie if you look at his movies after that it was like to serve with love and they call me mr tibbs i think were his last two yeah. kind of like kind, of like kind of like dramatic mm-hmm. movies in the 70s he did comedies he did buck and the preacher mm-hmm. he did him and it, cosby does mm-hmm. two movies um, was uptown saturday night and let's do it again and then they were saying that he took off Hmm. He, if you look at his career, there was there was like he had a gap in his career when he came back. He he, he had 15, I think he did a fifteen-year gap hmm. where he didn't do a movie until he did a movie. Um, Let's see, what this movie's called. Um, it was like in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, here we go. And his last movie he did was a piece of the action so there was these three comedies uptown saturday night let's do it again piece of the action which was three movies that he directed right and then he didn't do another movie for 12 years anything until he did a movie called shoot to kill it's kind of i don't say brought him out of retirement but yeah and then after that he started acting he started acting more i i I don't think he directed it again he just did the nine movies he did oh he did ghost dad with cosby that was his last and that probably killed his career as a director Mm. um I mean, I he Oh, you know, I didn't know this. What? He directed *Stir Crazy*. What? Mm. I don't think I remember that. I don't remember that either. Sidney Poitier directed the Gene Wilder oh, wow. and, and wow. Richard Pryor like jailhouse movie *Stir Crazy*. Oh, That's right. We bad. That's fucking, right. We bad. We bad. motherfuckers <laughs> We bad. We, bad, we bad. I love that movie. I love that movie. Um, I didn't know he directed that.
1: Wow. Wow. um Anything else? Let's let's move on so we No, that's it. This is. I guess we can wrap it up. Yeah, I
3: guess we can wrap
1: it up. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming, hanging out with us, Keisha Kola. Thanks for having. In the me. up building, over here. Dropping we, gems. Yes, we wish you all the best. Good luck with uh, the program. That thank you know you. you're going to get in, and it's all going to work out. You know for sure. That's good. Yeah, thank you. I
4: yeah. hope to offer
3: <laughs> some value to the program. You know, and, mm-hmm. and and take advantage of being maybe like the older chick
1: or use you know. it. All I'm saying is, so many people hide the thing that they are. Why not use it? Be like, all this wisdom yeah. is a good thing. I'd be great in the room because I worked at this place and this place and this. You know what I mean? Whatever the things are, you know, sell that thing. That's all I'm telling you. Don't hide back. <clears throat> I can't tell you how many writers I've met who were older writers who, and you're not old, I'm just generalizing by the way, you know, who are older than the normal kids today, (laughs) including both of us. And, and, and they come in and they're like, well, you know, I used to work in, you know, and I was in a law firm and this and this. I was like, well, lean on that shit then. What's the problem? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: look, I used to, there's a few things about my personality that I used to try to hide from people. And,
1: He's a ghost. He do not um, want to know.
2: And it's just <laughs> I mean, it's it, there's just certain things that like will that it's it's not it's nothing that I was embarrassed about. It was stuff that, that made me an outsider to people. Or maybe so, you
3: were still dealing with it yourself. A,
2: to a degree. To a high degree, to a high, high degree. Um but it's one of those things. but the thing is is that like it was I knew it was something that would that that when you get to know me, it's like I can't hide it. Right. You know, and so it's I I and I remember when we the guys in the in the writers room, they I remember the number 2 told me he was like there was this moment but it was like stuff would happen when we would just like be talking and we would just like oh what's the movie? what's the movie? I was like oh it was this? And they were like how do you know this? how do you, I, I how do you know all this? And I was like I, I don't know. He, I remember, he
1: got Asperger's, you know. I, I mean <laughs> I, like there was
2: this time there was this time where my boss was like we were saying something, and he was like, "You should just seen every movie, haven't you?" I was like, "I've seen every movie," yet. and he was like, "What about this 1992 <laughs> Japanese? Oh, it's this," and he was like, "Oh shit!"
1: You know, I was like, "Well, <laughs> I mean, what, 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 do, you, what I do you do?" I've seen a lot of movies, but I never remember them. I don't know how you log them in your head yeah. like that. You know, the director, the cinematographer, Joe, are you like going back researching it I too. I listen or a about? lot,
3: and you pull movies out. Like, how I
2: don't does know, you know how know you do this. It
3: like nobody oh, no, no but
2: the, no. the thing is is that i used to i mean I, two reasons why i used to, like one i mean look like it's something that my brother used to always like kind of chastise me about he always used to say you you're showing off by showing people that and i was like i'm not intentionally like, sh- like when people show off they're doing it intentionally. Yes. They know yeah. that, like, I'm trying to brag, mm-hmm. and I'm is like, it's not. It's just like you say something to me, and it triggers this memory. And I'm like, oh, here it is. So it's not like that. It's I like think it's a gift, you know. Yeah. So, but and it
3: just shows your love and passion for right. <coughs> storytelling. For sure.
2: You know, but it's those. Thi- but the thing is, is that the people. There, I mean, like <laughs> I
0: remember one time
2: there's this so we had this thing in the season two where there's this something that happens at um, that's in a solarium you know, and we were talking about it in the room, and everyone was like, What does this look like? And I was like, Oh, it looks like this and this and this. And they're like, How do you know? I was like, Well, we kind of had one in our house. And they were like, What? <laughs> what? And like, they would That's never hilarious. let it go. Like, later on, I'd be like, Oh, so in your solarium, Mr. Derek, <laughs> like weeks later, you, you know, everything, it was just always oh, come up. But it was like something that, something that like I. Previously, I probably wouldn't want people to know about, you know, because I was like, I don't want to like expose that part of my life because it had been a point of pain, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I was, but I was like, at that point I was like, whatever, just you have to do what you gotta do. You got to say what you gotta do to say, I, a, to, to I, be you.
1: I'm gonna say this last thing. You cannot, in my opinion, be in a room and not be, and I kind of said it earlier, you can't not be open to who you are. Like yeah. you said, it's gonna just... Disc- Come out and discover that like, you were faking it. You weren't telling the truth. Something's gonna happen because right. we're doing this every single day, like this, with the intimacy of all this, and we're talking about stories. You gotta be able to relate stories on yourself onto the characters. Yes. So if you can't do that, you're useless yeah. in the room, and or if you don't like want, this.
2: or if you don't want to. And the thing is, is that like everybody in the writing room is they like everyone is revealing something about themselves i mean and it might not even about the story you might be just talking and i remember it was like something that came up about lunch one time and we were like well, this one girl was like well, yeah he's like wow well, like you never eat the chicken why do you eat the chicken? she's like i can't eat chicken i don't want to eat it but and this whole story became about like how she has a very specific type of way of eating mm-hmm. you know and it's like that to a certain way that you would say it it might seem She said it in a way she was, uh, like, a little embarrassed about it because she knew it was an issue, you know. And then, you know, occasionally people would like, we would joke with her about it. You go, oh, well, we're going to have chicken today, so (laughs) I don't know what you're going to eat, you know. Um, But it's, you know, but but it's like, look, a lot of times Mm -hmm. people who really love you, they... Um, will find something about you that they can joke with you about, you know. Right. And it's up to you to. And you
3: can also use it in the story. In the or story, the somehow. Or, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, I mean, that's the thing about the writers' room. It's like, that's what they say about like so much of it isn't necessarily about the writing. It's like, do you, c- can you come across as an interesting person that they're gonna want to spend sixty weeks with every day, yeah. you know? And and I mean, and if, and, and if you are faking it. Again, how much energy, I mean, like, if I was faking who I was on my show, like, I'd, they, like, I, I'd be so mentally exhausted yeah. after, like, a, over a year of trying to, like, present a, a fake persona, Horrible. it was like, I'd probably break.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and it does something to your body, where it if you don't break, your body is gonna break you. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a mm-hmm. book,
2: there's a book they made into a movie that this French uh writer I love his work, his name is Emmanuel Carr. is with this book called The Adversary. It's about a guy who was faking his life and then he went and like killed his wife and children. Wow. As oh, it broke, is... you know, and it would begin this big scandal in France and he mm-hmm. was like, How do
1: I even write about this? But I just watched something the other night that I thought you might want to watch just for the sake of an argument. It was this new Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Guilty? Yeah. I saw the, the the original. Did you? But it's it's just him in this room. I know. I I I I haven't seen it. It's, he goes in the it's, bathroom it's, once or twice. It's a Danish and like, film. It's so it's, fucking good. It's all him talking. Yeah, he's a, like a um, he's, he's an 911 one operator. Yeah. no but it's all him there. Oh, I
3: saw that.
1: Yeah. It's but I know because you love that type of stuff where it's contained like that. Yeah. And it's it's all, yeah. I mean, it's just interesting. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean,
2: like it's, it's a Danish film that is based on that. I was like, whoa, this is fucking amazing. Because it's not there's very few movies that could be like these one room things. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Ron about the, the other day. I was like, what are these one room movies? What are these one room movies? Right. And that movie I haven't seen the American one, but the Danish one it's literally only in two rooms. It's in it's in the main room where the all, all the operators yeah. are, and at a certain point he goes into a private office to right. talk. Yeah, he in goes he goes into a private yeah. office to talk because it's about a guy yeah. who's trying to save a woman who's been kidnapped by right. her husband, or and it's just yeah. like and you can hear all yeah. this
1: violence and uh, but, their but background. You, and yeah, you people. hear he. Yeah. It's yeah. so it's good. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Anyway, all so right. where are you at, girl?
3: Oh, I am. Keisha Cola.
1: Where can we find you? On Twitter or Instagram?
3: Oh, On Twitter, you can find <laughs> me at Keisha Cola. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at Keisha.Cola. K E S H I A K O L A.
1: Ah, okay. Where you at, Chris? Uh, I'm on
2: um, unauthorized <laughs> CBD on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Awesome. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest, or uh, Screenwriters RR for the show. <clears throat> also on Clubhouse, at Hilliard Guest. Um, you can also um, please give us a five-star review. We need that um, for the metrics. Um, you find us everywhere. Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, fucking everywhere. Google Play. Google I mean, Play, like everything.
2: Wherever, you know, Overcast, just, yeah. just, just, just wherever you listen to podcasts but you probably listen to a podcast anywhere like anyways Mm. uh, a version but we're everywhere so if you want to tell someone else like where to find us tell them just to look what else Uh, and then if you want to help help (coughs) support the show please go to screenwritersrr.com. There'll be a link that says to donate, which will take you to our Patreon page, or it says support, I guess it says. And there, there's multiple tiers that you can support the show, $2, $5, $10, $15, $25, $75. We would appreciate it so very much. Um, And that's it.
1: Indeed, indeed. Um, Again, thank you, Keisha, for hanging out with us, bringing us donuts and coffee and shit. That was very nice. Appreciate it. Um... Anyway, everybody joining us for 2022, right? You guys know how we do it on The Rant Room, on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2022. 2022. Peace, y'all. I'm
0: going to say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to The Rant Room. Be a rider, well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind you. It's hard to grind, and the business' got me stressed in the red room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bola Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier. He gonna bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screen. screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pinning words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want.